0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: Thunderstorms, they say in this morning's mirror, parts of the country will have downpours. They're even, red tops love this. They even talk about potential hailstones while the hot weather still remains, which is quite freaky, isn't it? So, talking about hot temperatures, uh, Uh, staying for the weekend but the recent sunny drought will be replaced by coming days of downpours and even hailstones. Hard to figure out how that could happen. A couple of weather stories for you but the news is dominated by the very sad announcement yesterday afternoon by the family of Christy Dignam that he's passed away at the age of 63 and the papers carry it. Certainly all of the tabloids on their front pages this morning How can we forget you, says the Sun. Aslan icon, Christy Dignam, mourned last night following his death at 63, the Crazy World star. The Mirror this morning says, Christy says goodbye to this crazy world dying from cancer at the age of 63. And there are numerous uh, tributes in all of the papers, both in print. And indeed on online from people of all walks of life, uh, from a working class background and they never forgot their roots. Christy certainly never, never did. Uh, Christy Dignam's heartbroken daughter said uh, that her father went through a courageously long fought battle. Yesterday afternoon, she announced that that battle came to an end when he passed away at home with family where he wanted to pass away. Surrounded by family. Crazy kind of love is the front page making the star today as the nation mourns a hell-raising genius. Uh, And from the president down, they lay accolades upon him. Um, The papers this morning talk of Christie's life being plagued by demons. And of course, that would have been from childhood, actually. Uh, being sexually abused as a six-year-old by a neighbour which went on for three years uh, v- crushing shyness um, throughout his life he had ups and downs with depression and also um, a dreadful heroin addiction which he overcame uh, and there's a lot of detail into the life and times of of Christy Dignam in this morning's papers uh, there's a lovely article by Sandra Mallon actually that makes I think it's uh, it's the star this morning which she says uh, at one stage Christy told how he previously grew up in a house where Teresa, his mother, was religious, but his father wasn't. Because Christy Sr. remembered his own mother giving a shilling to the church collection, even when there was no money for food. And Christy went on to say in an interview, and then when his mother died, they were trying to get the priest up to the gaff to bless her. And because they hadn't got the half-crown fee at the time, the priest wouldn't come up. So from then on, he says, I absolutely hated religion. I mean, he didn't hold back in his words, but that's why we loved him, I suppose, because he was so open and he was so... Communicable in all sorts of ways. Uh, so more on that in a few minutes' time. I'll talk to Niall Stokes from Hot Press and, and Liam Bonner and others. But Charlie Bird also is going through a, a difficult time, as we know. And he announced on Monday afternoon that his health continues to deteriorate. He says he's reached a crossroads in his motor neuron disease journey. It's very sad because uh, another much-loved and much-respected man, veteran broadcaster... Uh, Charlie Bird, uh, not in a good place. Um, other stories that make the papers today, of course, we did quite a lot of coverage on back a couple of months ago. This book is gay, which ended up being ripped in half by a protester at Cork's Central Library. Well, the union representing workers at the library make the front of the echo this morning. Library staff harassed. And they say that Cork City Council... Um, has a dereliction of duty going on at the moment because they're not providing a safe working environment for library staff. This is in the wake of on- an ongoing series of incidents at the, at the library. Now, uh, people can protest and people can rally, and that's what a democracy is all about. Now, the new hate laws probably will change all of that, but um, the protests... Outside and more importantly, and worrying for staff inside the library has to do with what's claimed to be pornographic books related to the LGBTQI plus matters. So, one of the incidents, of course. Um, but I think more than one, if I remember correctly. Many of them have been recorded and streamed on on social media. So library staff have been subjected to intimidation and paedophile slurs. So that's a front pager making the echo today. There are other city-related stories, including the fact that they can't get parts for our street cleaning equipment from the small ones up to the very big trucks. So we're back to the old-fashioned ways where council staff are out in the streets doing it by hand in fairness to them. So they're power hosing the pavements And the examiner this morning has photographs of that on the Grand Parade. And staying on the Grand Parade, hands up. Did you know that there is a public toilet on the Grand Parade that actually works? It's not the big, huge one that sits there all locked up. Um, And it's sad to look at it because it was doing the business. You know, the self-flushing ones that are just locked up because too many people were shooting up drugs in it. Incidentally, I don't think that was a good enough reason to close them down. But there is another one on the Grand Parade, apparently. Now, it's just been discovered. Um, It's been there for quite some time, but hardly anyone knew about it. And it's just next to the entrance to the city library. It's a brown door, and it is a 50-cent payment. It's a contactless payment system, apparently. And there it is one of Cork's best-kept secrets, apparently. So the story in this morning's Examiner is that On English is, is quoting different people, saying that Cork City Council and Hall City Hall need to put up signposts and advertise public toilets better. The sign over it says Highland Security, <laughs> And that's, that's fantastic. You hear that it is secure and what have you, and it's all alarmed up, but surely the word public toilet or WC or whatever the hell you want to put up will make it more evident to people that there's actually a loo there poor misfortunes coming in and the cruise liners are going back to the cruise liners crossing their legs in agony because there's no toilets to use. Anyway, that's a story that makes the... Mo- and there's also another one which I might, may well come back to a little later on. That beautiful little shop Fitzgerald's on Pembroke Street that has been robbed not once but twice by the same individual. 2015 and again in 2022. That's before the courts at the moment because Martin Doyle from just off Blarney Street got jailed for three years for the most recent robbery. But uh, the story gives a good impact on as to how uh, robbery, particularly any kind of robbery that involves a weapon or a blade or something, can have an awful effect on those people working on the premises. But at the same time then, according to the Mail today, the former Justice Minister ordered officials to fast-track a review to cut criminal jail sentences by a third. And the reason behind it is because we have too many people in prison And we have prison overcrowding because they're full. Now, automatically, you get, for good behaviour, you get 25% off your sentence. It's called remission. Uh, But apparently, Simon Harris's idea is that should be 33% off your sentence and all down to trying to tackle overcrowding. So, your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, text 0868 104 106. And a member of Ungardish now faces prosecution and has been served with a summons. This goes back to a car pursuit. So, it was a gang of burglars. I'm reading from the Independent this morning. It was a gang of burglars driving on the wrong side of the road, right? Driving against the traffic as opposed to with the traffic. Uh, and they were killed almost two years ago, and the Garda facing criminal prosecution was in a car in pursuit of that gang, and he's been summoned now. He'll likely be suspended from duty once he's formally charged in court. Now, a lot of people are very unhappy with that, and I have to admit that I'm quite uneasy about this, this prospect as well. The Garda faces prosecution, and he's still not aware of what the precise offence would be when charged. Uh, the charging of the officer has sent shockwaves throughout Ongarda Shikona, from rank and file members up to senior management and even in the Dáil it's been described as outrageous. Uh, certainly the Labour Party TD, Alan Kelly, is very unhappy with it. Somebody was saying to me that it could have something to do with the fact that in Garda training or something like that, one of the things that you learn is never engage in a pursuit going up the wrong way as in do not pursue a vehicle if it's driving against traffic. So, um, but very worrying for members of vanguardish you know, trying to go out and do their job uh, and having to react to situations in real time as to whether or not they'll think twice about it now because the member of the force is going to be prosecuted. Uh, Leo Varadkar has turned into a bit of a, a Santa Claus and Fianna Fáil aren't terribly happy with that. But Fine Gael are big time. And this is this is electioneering for sure because there's a wish list now from Fine Gael TDs from Leo Varadkar all the way down um, under pressure to hike the state pension by 20 euro a week is one way of doing it. Giving people an extra 1,000 euro tax cut in next year's budget, help with expanding the help-to-buy scheme, cutting inheritance tax, um, you know, all sorts of stuff like that to give us a serious giveaway budget in the hope that um, certainly Fine Gael, as to whether they want to drag Fianna Fáil in with them or not, uh, will be re-elected uh, next time around and don't hand over the reins of power to Sinn Féin. Um, very interestingly, you know the Compo culture title that we had in this country for a long, long time, and unfortunately... Uh, Cork was kind of top of the list with regards to compensation for a long period. Uh, insurance companies are fighting back an awful lot more now and they're challenging an awful lot more fraudulent or suspicious claims in court. And it's, um, there's research out by Aviva now saying that that is actually working, that dozens and dozens and dozens of claims are being withdrawn at the last moment because defendants, um, the likes of Aviva are refusing to settle with suspected fraudulent or exaggerated claims. So about 91 who brought claims against insurance companies in the last two years withdrew before the court hearing, many doing so on the steps of the court. I wonder if you weren't allowed to withdraw. You know, once you put in the claim, you had to go to court. You had to have it heard in court. Um, Because otherwise you can make these idle threats hoping that they'll get settled on the steps of the court. So 91 cases actually only represents a very small percentage of suspected fraudulent and exaggerated claims that the companies engaged in insurance in Ireland receive every single year. But they're taking it an awful lot more seriously. Because when you add it all up, apparently, the cases that they've been talking about in the papers this morning, like 800 new suspected fraudulent injury cases would be worth 30 million. Uh, So they're defending an awful lot more. Papers also today talk because we were chatting about it yesterday about the amount of fast food outlets down in Glanmire we got a good Vox on that one because Seamus was in Glanmire yesterday afternoon the mail picks up on the story because there's a food fight going on now because The Mail suggests that locals don't want any more fast food and they don't want Domino's earning their crust in Glamour. And because the lotto wasn't won on Saturday night, it now stands at 12 million. So the papers this morning are talking about lotto fever across the country. And you know how they have the OBEs and MBEs and knighthoods and all sorts of stuff in the UK? How would you fancy that happening here? Well, it'll never happen. Not like that anyway, you won't have Sir Bono because our constitution prohibits us having titles of nobility. But apparently they are suggesting there's a lofty notion of bestowing titles on the great and the good and that's being discussed apparently within the doll and the Shannon these days. Leo Varadkar says that there's a significant degree of unease about it but that there could be some kind of an honours system uh, to see people like... They mentioned Bono or Liam Neeson and Katie Taylor and other people um, who've been, um, uh, you know, recognized or should be recognized for exceptional achievements. Uh, So that's an interesting one. Um, I I don't know about your thoughts on it. Uh, I wouldn't be hugely big fan of it because it sounds way too regal and almost like the British system of doing things Uh, and you know we fought long enough to try and get away from that and you know I talk a lot about artificial intelligence this is a Kraken story, I can't wait to hear what this one sounds like but apparently they found a very old demo, Paul McCartney found a very old demo um, that uh, John Lennon recorded um, in 1978 Uh, he was, uh, imagine living possibly in America at the time it was a few years before he was murdered it's Lennon singing uh, by the piano but there was an awful lot of background noise it was unfinished Um, after John Lennon died Paul McCartney wanted to try and get it finished but George Harrison wouldn't work on it because he said it was rubbish but now they have found this cassette apparently and with the use of artificial intelligence they have managed to AI has managed to replicate Lennon's voice to finish the song to take out all of the background noise to improve the piano to add I imagine the likes of Paul McCartney to add the likes of Ringo Starr and they've got a brand new song that they're going to release very soon, all with the help of technology. Uh, as Christy Dignam would say, it's a crazy world, all the same. The number one talk show in Cork.
2: If it's happening in
1: Cork, Neil talking about it. The Neil Show on Red FM. Christy Dignam makes all of the papers today, and rightly so. He had a wonderful, wonderful um, talent, and was much loved on Lee's side. And he had a serious, a big-time affinity with Cork. Cork was. Probably the town and the city that broke them first, you know, and gave them uh, the popularity that led them to drive themselves on to national and, to some extent, international fame. I spoke to Christy Dignam down through the years on a number of occasions, way back to the early 90s, to be honest with you. But my last conversation with them was in May of last year. Uh, It was a lengthy conversation, but we've just kind of isolated about four minutes. Here's me in conversation with the great Christy. I'll just
3: say something there though, Cork. I was listening to what people are saying about Cork, yeah? Yeah. So, I've played every little town, every little village in Ireland over the last 40 years, right? Yeah. And I've said it a thousand times, Cork is my favourite place to go in the whole of Ireland, right? And it's, it, it, some, a lot of towns and cities in Ireland, it's like you had the same architect or something, and it could be in any way, it could be in you know, t- 10 different fees, Cork has its own identity. It's, it's
1: unique, unique, unique to you, isn't it? But actually, it's fair to say, because I remember back in the 80s when Aslan were doing their things, Cork was very good to you, big following, lots of fans. At the time, you
3: used to, uh, Ian Wilson and Dave and used to do a gig called Lark by the League. That's right. Down, down in Cork. So it was our first gig outside of Dublin, about 15,000 people at the gig. And when we start playing this is the crowd started singing it back to us. And it was the first time that it ever happened to us. And we, I, I, you know you walk out of a shop on a windy day and it kind of catches your breath? It was it was one of those moments. And ever since then, Cork has always held a special place. So when Crazy
1: World came along in 93, uh, that was a mind-blower. Did you know that it was going to be so big?
3: No. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story about that, right? So that was off an album called Goodbye Charlie, my head, right? And there was three singles on the album. There was Crazy World the rain man and where's the sun so ideally what you do is by marketing strategy you release your worst single first and that might go top 30 your second best and then your best single last right? so we put Crazy World out first as the worst of the three singles so it was a massive hit as you know so I was saying to myself well if you think Crazy World is good when do you hear the next hill have you ever heard the next hill with no. <laughs> So there you go. For all the years
1: I'm in the business, I'm still having a clue how... How can I protect you in this crazy world? Now, this is written maybe 30, 35 years ago. Is it a better... I mean, you, uh, how, how do you see Ireland now in 22, 2022, as opposed to 1982, for instance, when you started? It's
3: it, You know, I think it's getting worse, to be honest with you. you know, it, can I tell you a quick story, right? So when I was a kid, this woman across the road must went to New York on a holiday. Now, I'm talking about 40 years ago, right? Yeah. But when she came back... She was, all the women were kind around the door my mother and all these local elders and this woman was talking about what, what it was like in New York and she said there's these people over there, they're called homeless and they'd be lying in the streets to sleep and people just walk by them, don't even try and help them in New York. and we've never mm-hmm. been appalled by that concept yeah. and here we are 40 years later and it's happening in Ireland
1: Did I read somewhere recently that you said only God will retire you, what are you, I mean, it was your birthday Christ, it was only your birthday earlier this week was it?
3: Yeah, it was at my birthday on, t- on Tuesday. I was 62, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, still going. Yeah, how's the health holding up for you, Christy? Listen, it's
3: grand. I mean, once I get, get my foot on the floor, it's a good day now. So, I, when, when I got diagnosed in t- 2013, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and when you were letting me out of hospital, the doctor said to me, if you have anything on your bucket list, I suggest you do it now. You've about six months tops, and that was nine years ago. God. So, that's what I meant by that, Only got all the me Because. The point I was making was, during the pandemic, when we went to the old gig and stuff, I was going mental at home. Like, really, I'm I'm not not exaggerating that. It was literally going off my head, not being able to sing, you know.
1: I know. Do you look at life differently now, one day at a time, or what? Absolutely. You know,
3: it's 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 really ironic, you know. You know my history with drugs and stuff like that. So for years, I was running around like a headless chicken, wondering what life was all about. And when I got diagnosed with cancer, the only thing that was important to me was my family. Like, it didn't matter, Aslan didn't matter, the house I lived in, did. the car I drove didn't matter. I just wanted to see my grandson's communion and my granddaughter's confirmation. You know, little mention uh, there. I like. know, yeah. And I remember thinking, for years, I was looking for the sort of meaning of life, and there it was in front of me all the time. It yeah, was, uh, I
1: know, I know.
3: So I was just happy, you know, to be still gigging. And, what, what, uh, you know, this gig you were talking about, the one, the, the, the one on Cork on uh, June weekend, or are dying to go down and do that. Uh, and yeah. We did the a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, and it was brilliant. As I said, we just love playing Cork. Old man trow. Everybody hits you. Everybody you down.
1: Christy Dignam and Aslan, and this is as far back as 1986, Aslan won the Best New Band Award in Hot Press magazine. Talk to the editor of Hot Press, Nile Stokes, after the break. <laughs>
4: Talk
1: to Neil Prenderville now, 0818-104-106, Cork's Red FM. John Bernal, Stokes, editor of Hot Press. Now, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Well, um, when Christie was quoted there some time back, he said uh, words to the effect that I was surprised I made it to my 50s. He did make it to his 50s, but then got the blood cancer diagnosis where he was told, get your affairs in order, get them at your bucket list, you have six months to live. He lived a lot longer than that. It was another ten years before his light finally went out very sad isn 't it it's
5: very sad and and you know obviously people did know that christie hadn 't been well for a long time mm. uh, but at, at, you know at the same time that doesn 't diminish uh, the sense of hurt and sadness that people are feeling. Uh, right now about the loss of Christy Dignam. Um, you can see from the tributes that have been paid to him that he was universally loved as a bloke, as an individual. Um, you know, he was a huge talent, and that made a, a fantastic impression on people through their music. Um, but anyone who, who knew Christy and anyone who worked with Christy, uh, you know, they knew that they were dealing with uh, a really decent, honest, good person. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you saw the tributes that Melda May paid uh, overnight. Um, you know, she, she said how honoured she was to uh, have been asked. To sing with Christy on his uh, 2021 album "The Man Who Stayed Alive," uh, which was a solo album, and uh, described how hanging out with him uh, and his family was, you know, such a beautiful thing. And 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 that's what people felt about Christy. The president, uh, Michael Lee Higgins, uh, also made a similar kind of tribute yesterday. He talked about uh, you know the joy of having Christy uh, open the chorus, the singing, and the dignity with which Christy dealt with his illness. So yeah, yeah. it was a long. Time coming, but the truth is that uh, people are still feeling very uh, hurt and wounded and sad today.
1: Well, you know, was it his was it his working class background? you think because he, he was also a social commentator, wasn't he?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, look, we we, we first encountered Christy in 1980. He was fronting a band called Mila Eighteen, and they were New Romantics. And of course, at the time, uh, Irish guys. Didn't really know how to do that whole glam thing, so there was kind of a, a kind of a a, a, a strange mismatch uh, between the, the 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 let's say the image and what was going on musically. But in the very first review. Uh, we remarked on what a great singer the band had. There was a, you know, band nobody knew. Millie Eighteen uh, and Christie was the man out front who was doing the singing, and they 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 became um, multiple Hot Press Award winners, uh, and 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 deservedly so. And one of the great things I think about rock and roll music, and you can go back and look at Philip Lynnett and, and 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 say the same thing, it provides an avenue for people from a working class background who don't necessarily uh, have or need or want Want uh, the, the 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 academic route, yeah. uh, but they find their way uh, into music and art, and they find ways, uh, you know, to express themselves through that medium. And it is a great liberation because this idea that in some way art should be the province of people who are, you know, uh, of of of. A elite. certain kind of class is total and over rubbish, yeah, yeah. and 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 so Chris C. carried that torch for working class North so North Dublin working class uh, that that and 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 that. that Did- the, 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 Experiences that 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 uh, gave him. It's Do you think he, fe-
1: he felt people's pain because he had a lot of pain in his own life? I was referencing his childhood and the abuse in his childhood, but um, also the he apparently had crippling shyness and lived a lot of his life with depression and a shocking addiction to heroin, which he overcame.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, that that, that is true, and I mean, this 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 reality that you know. Uh, Irish people uh, in that era put up with dreadful things happening to children I mean that's something that anyone you know of, 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 of our age will understand, uh, it should never have happened, uh, there was a culture of silence, uh, there was a culture of shame which was then projected onto the children and Christy lived through that and experienced uh, the, the abuse and wrote about that eloquently um, and, and you know then you can understand that that can feed into other addictions as Somebody uh, matures. Um, I, I I do remember that that the period when you know Aslan had made their breakthrough. They were, as you said, the best uh, new band in the uh, the Hot Press Awards in 1986. They made their uh, debut album "Feel No Shame" was released in 1988. It went to number one in Ireland. And then in the period after that, the the addiction kicked in, and there was a very heavy tabloid uh, frenzy about that, and people following. Chr- Chrissy around and, 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 and doing the paparazzi thing on him and I remember well you know talking to Christy and talking to his manager all the at the time and we we wanted to try and get the story out of the treatment of what it, it is uh, to be involved uh, as somebody who you know has has uh, you know used heroin and, and and the effect that has on people um, and that was a really really tough period but he came through that very
1: strongly Dan um, broke up because there. of that at one stage didn't
5: they, they did indeed. And then they got back together in 1993. Um, and immediately they had, uh, you know, a, a phenomenal hit with Crazy World. Um, you know, that's a song that everyone knows. Um, but of course, that might never have happened if the band hadn't come back together. Um, but they had that urge. They were, you know, it was a family style Unit and they were surrounded by people that absolutely loved them. I mean, you know, Christy came from that, You know, it's a great part of Dublin. It has, it has had its own uh, troubles over the years, but um, the, the sense of mutual support and affection and love that's yeah, there. I,
1: yeah, I, 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 I get that, but I have to say the fondness and love for Aslan and particularly Christy and Cork um, is incomparable. And the amount of times they played Cork, and any time I spoke to him, he said Cork was his favourite place because he got some of his big breaks here. He played Lock. By the Lee, he played live at the Marquis, Cypress Avenue, Big Top, Rockin' and St. Finbars. He played the Opera House numerous times, Sea Church, and Ballycotton, Mitchellstown, Bantry. Uh, he was never a stranger to Cork. I can tell you.
5: No, no. Look, the, the, the thing is that Irish people in general loved uh, alban and it is true that. Cork holds a very special place in the hearts of uh, you know almost every major musician. I mean, you can point to moments when, when when you two went to Cork and 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 it was it was seminal for them. You know, they've got Joe Hurley here, Corkman, on the, on on their sound yeah. and uh, right through the history of Irish music, finding uh, and and uh, you know that an audience in Cork is is hugely important to everyone, whether you're from Donegal or Belfast or or, 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 or Galway or Dublin. Um, you know, Cork is a major, uh, you know, area where people really want to find that connection with their yeah. audience. Can I ask yeah, you sure.
1: though? You know, you talk about—I don't know—was you were quoted or someone was quoted way back along that this was we were witnessing the next U two. Um, wh- what about international fame and stardom? That wasn't quite achieved, but it should have been, right? But it's hard to do.
5: Yeah, but but I mean, I think that you have to sort of recognise the fact that. They were signed originally as and, and released to Dave Robb in nineteen eighty eight. Those five years between nineteen eighty eight and nineteen ninety three were the ones where they might have made that big leap internationally, and and the, and the, the, the let's say the whole show was derailed. And it's hard to recover from that. I mean, there are, you know, it's like there is a moment when you can step through that window into your destiny, um, and 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 unfortunately, uh, the addiction had taken hold at that point, and uh, the band- and split up as you said, um, you know, and and from the point of view of potential global success, they didn't recover from that. But it's very interesting, you know. We interviewed Jerry Cinnamon recently, um, and you know, out of the blue, he said to us, "I've been religiously watching everything with Christy Dignam in it on YouTube," um, and this was in 2020, right? And he said, "I only found out about him and Aslan a couple of, uh, in the last couple of weeks." I never knew the guy existed. So you have somebody like that, Jerry Cinnamon, who's a big star in his own right yeah. and a you know, great songwriter. And he talks about hearing Christy singing Greenfields of France a cappella on the Late Late Show, you know. So music has a way of of you know f- reaching out to people and capturing people's hearts and people's imagination yeah, yeah. Uh, in extraordinary ways. <laughs> and 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 he was widely loved by you know the Alabama Three, uh, loved uh, Aslan, they loved Christy Dignam. Um, so all those tentacles out there and, and uh, you know you just listen to a song like Crazy World and you know well people in Ireland are going to be singing that in twenty thirty. 40
1: yeah years. so I don't know, I don't know whether, whether how he felt about being denied international stardom but certainly when the cancer came along and boy did he fight it, he went for all sorts of different treatments, um, in the end of the day he was telling me last year that it all came down to family and grandchildren and being with the ones yeah. you love you know.
5: Well, that's it. And you can see that, you know, I mean, he, 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 the, the, the family went through very tough times. I mean, don't, don't make any, and you know, no, he, uh, Chrissy wouldn't have made any bones about that. Um, but he, on the man who stayed alive, he wrote a song, Catherine, about his partner, his wife, Catherine, uh, who was the love of his life. And, and, you know, it's really a uh, heartrending, poignant, brilliant uh, stuff. Um, and and his daughter Clara, who is a singer herself, is you know very very central to uh, Christie and his his world, um, you know. So I I, I think in, in 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 the long run he has left a phenomenal legacy, and people are gonna uh, you know always remember this great character Christie Dignam, who made a huge huge impact on uh, Irish music, on Irish people, and who gave us. Something uh, remarkable uh, that we can that we can think about, talk about, and also gave us an understanding in uh, uh, of addiction and how that can hurt people, uh, and and that we should you know take a compassionate view and try and help people uh, who are going through difficulties
1: rather than. Uh, using the long arm of the law to whack people over the head. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Niall Stokes, as always on this sad day. Niall Stokes, editor with Hot Press, on the late Christy Dignam. On a number of occasions, uh, Niall Stokes referenced this song. It probably just is the perfect song. So welcome, particularly with regards to Aslan, your memories of Christy Dignam, text 0868104106. I don't mean to put a dampener on things, but um, I think there's quite an amount of hypocrisy in this country. And I recall a couple of years back during COVID, and I'm open to correction on this, but I think I'm right and accurate. If I remember, there was a 25 million euro fund set aside by the government, the taxpayer live performance support scheme, it was called, and artists and musicians and people who were literally shut down from work and couldn't work and had no money coming in, uh, were being funded during COVID. Uh, By all accounts, uh, Christy Dignam and Aslan applied three times uh, for help in that €25 million fund, and they were rejected three times. Um, I recall reading the story saying that um, it could... uh, Christy was saying he was broke. He he said at the time that... uh, I remember reading, looking again at an article in the mirror this morning saying that He he didn't have enough money to pay the rent or the mortgage next month. In fact, uh, I read an article or a post by Terry McMahon, the Irish director, who said politicians and artists and professional celebrities would be trying to outdo each other with emotional declarations uh, as one of uh, Ireland's great Irish performers of all time endures palliative care. This is before Christie passed away. He was saying that the Department of Arts and Culture turned Christie Dignam and Aslan down for a tiny slice of the £25 million, um, after politicians locked down every venue in the country. Uh, apparently, Dignam and Aslan were the wrong kind of artists. While a whole army of woke art administrators had no problem taking care of themselves, Christie was forced to go on public record to say that he couldn't pay next month's mortgage and was considering calling the local Chinese takeaway to see if they needed a delivery driver. Uh, it was common knowledge at the time that, that he had cancer and that after 40 years of giving to our culture, this was likely the last chance that Christie would ever have to tour again. But the government and the Department of Arts and Culture insisted there would be no appeal. And this was Christie's third application for help and his third rejection. Uh, We should remember that, actually, when you hear of um, the tributes paid by people in authority uh, back after uh, the break and then uh, more conversations and reminiscing about the late christy Dignam, who was much loved on lee side
4: get it off your chest call neil brenderville now on 0818
1: 104 red fm thank you morning neil i remember christy playing in horn's nightclub in tralee way back when they were starting out at the time and they played there a lot they were brilliant and he was pure down to earth he had a great connection with the crowd uh, last time I saw him playing was uh, in Denny Street for the Rose of Tralee about eight years ago and his voice was as good as ever. R.I.P. Christy. That's a lovely tribute. Christy Dignam and Aslam were the working mans and the definitive working classes Irish rock band rest in peace Christie says Tony and Douglas yes they were um, you're right in that regard and I think um, Hot Press editor Niall Stokes also said it that they created incredible band loyalty with their fans that once you were loyal to Aslan once you stayed with them forever. Uh, I thought it was interesting Niall talking about the, you know, the, the opportunity to break America or internationally say like Westlife did was at the very beginning and there was four or five years maybe there thereabouts where they had that opportunity but apparently it, it was lost when the man broke up because of his heroin addiction but when they bounce back of course they bounce back with with crazy world and also bear in mind that it's a difficult thing to do for Irish bands to break international. I mean you two did it for sure Westlife did it Boyzone did it Thin Lizzy did it Chieftains did it Clonagh did it uh, certainly America Christy Moore did it maybe did a lot of Europe with with Planxty, but an international star in his own right all over the planet Christy Moore so there's few enough of them can break it at that level. Uh, Enya did it, more like that. Um, but anyway, keep your text coming, text 0868104106. We'll pick up the conversation after 10.
0: Hey, it's
3: Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays
4: from 4. Dave Max Drive. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 86 8104
1: Gork's Red FM. Very special man. Celebrates a birthday today and he's a regular listener to this program. It's the great uh, Gossie O'Callaghan who's 85 years young today. So happy birthday, Goss. Born uh, June Uh, 14th, 1938, left the North Mon at the age of 13 to learn a trade in plastering. He's still plastering, painting and even doing roofing 72 years later. The secret? Swims every day in the Rochester Park Hotel. The other secret to a long and happy, happy life they tell me is two pints after work and a Jameson and two tinnies before me dinner a great and vibrant character. Make sure you give him a big shout-out. He's legendary up here in Grange. So he's (laughs) he's still roofing and painting and plastering at the age of 85. Happy birthday, Gus. Have a great day. Back after 10 now. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Yeah, I was talking about uh, musicians who did or didn't get a slice of the COVID payment. You know, there was a a 25 million euro fund of which uh, Christy Dignam and Aslan were refused three times. It's gas that musicians never got a slice of the money, including myself. RIP, Christy, and thank you for the music, says Johnny Bongos. Well said, Neil. All those government heads are now all over social media telling the world how Christy how great Christie was and how great the band were. Typical Ireland giving people their flowers when they are gone. Will you ever tell people what you think of them when they're alive? We could all learn that lesson. Say nice things about nice people uh, while they can hear it. Uh, please don't forget Sinead O'Connor. If anyone understood what demons were like to deal with, she did, just like Christie Dignam. I should have mentioned her. I, I was just, I was just talking out loud actually about bands and individuals who broke it internationally. And yes, indeed. Uh, certainly the great Sinead O'Connor would have been on that list as well. Can I just stay with the passing of Christy Dignam for another couple of minutes, if you don't mind, because a great friend to him down through the years is uh, Liam Bonner, a regular contributor to this programme. Bonner, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, And and I know that a lot of this is personal, but, uh, but I believe that Christy's family were staying in touch with you regularly, giving you updates as to how he was. Is that the case?
6: Yeah, just don't yeah, don't 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 the years and um, just don't the years and just be in touch and just you know little discreet messages here and there and it was last in touch many months ago with Kira, um,
1: and just really mean that things weren't great, you know. But what um, what they wanted was and what Christy wanted was if the end came inevitably it would that he would be at home, right?
6: Oh God, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was the, the big thing for him, you know. It was. um that was his big thing. Just wanted to be at home because he, you know, he all his wild years and everything else. And my God, there were many. He just wanted really to just to be with our own family in this in the, these final months. You know, were you around for it's, those uh,
1: wild days? Uh, when did you know him first? Yeah, when I first
6: met Christy, would have been back around ninety one and it was with Dignam and Do you remember That's him and Conor right. Gough were yeah. together? with Aslan broke up in the late eighties, yeah. And he Conor Gough was going out with a friend of mine, Julie Murphy from from Cork, and. They came down one day when I was in the old Oscar Madison's Don Lab, It's key and. Um Julie popped in with Connor, and then they said oh we're doing a gig the, the next few days up in Nancy Spain so then before the gig Christy came in with Connor, and I met him then and we really clicked we really got on and, we, and they used to do Nancy Spain about once a month so we'd, uh, he'd often come down he'd meet up with me we'd have lunch you know we'd all go up to Isaacs and McCurtain Street yeah. and uh, we would do that and we, we, we sort of um, and we became very good friends down the years like I had a car crash back in in 92 that time and I remember my arm was all busted up and uh, chrissy done a gig. And he said, I remember he said to me, should come back to Dublin. You can't work in the pub. You should come back back up to Dublin. I mind you, for the weeks. So <laughs> I stayed with him and Catherine and Kira. It was the only a little girl at the time, you know. And we, we he was gigging one or two places around Dublin and we went around. And um I'm officially, he told me, the only man to get him drunk. Chrissy was never a drinker. And I remember bringing him into, we, we had a few drinks in Dublin one night and went into... Lily's Bordello we ended up in, and Shane McGowan was there and stuff. And Christy was drinking. I always remember bottles of Miller, and he was, uh, he ended up getting drunk and he would it up to me. He said, <laughs> "Jesus, the next day, he said, i never had to hang over my life. What have, you, what have you done to me?" You know. So You're he was a like, genuine,
1: no nonsense, no airs and graces man.
6: Absolutely. I mean Christie, you know what Christie's passion was not many people know. Christie was very very interested in the Native American. You know, you know the whole concept of, you know, power in in the world we live in is, is bestowed about uh, on fools they like done stolen power, uh, is money. it? Yes, you know and the, the, the Native indian the power was your worldly knowledge, your old knowledge, the old Indian and stuff. And he loved that concept and Christie was very, he was very humble and he, he there was no there was no rubbish about him, you know, like he'd meet, he'd come into the bar and sit down after before the gig, loved all the fans, loved sitting down afterwards for, a, you know, just for a chat and a crack and, you know, we had, we had great times and it was funny, I sort of ended up with a big secret with him because back in that time when I stayed with him in 92... Uh, he what happened was aslan were they they, they approached the, uh, a manager approached him about doing a, a reunion gig in fingless for some open air charity thing and he was dying to do it but he couldn't tell connor Goff at the time and because connor would have freaked and inevitably that led to aslan getting back together and yeah. i was sort of yeah. i was left with the secret between me and connor and they had a bad fallout at the time and that was the end of that
1: you know but yeah, well, he was delighted to chapter, get back with aslan yeah, was he, but were you there for the addiction period as well
6: not so much, you know, though. At this, at this time, he was sort of copping himself on in the early 90s. He knew he had to get himself together. That was the late 80s when Aslan broke up. So yeah. I was there for a the better time when they got back together. I remember they'd done their first gig back together. I think it was then, down in Cork. And uh, I'd, I'd met up with the lads. And I've had a funny, quick story. Sure. When, when they were writing at Crazy World that week, I'd stayed with Christy. We popped over to... Um, Billy innocent house and he was feeling out, the, you know, he was just getting a feel for that with a little recording thing going on for Crazy World, and I was sort of through the backing track with him to help him get the feel of the song, and he had no idea that the hit would He said that, he, that,
1: he didn't expect it, he said
6: it was one of their so, worst songs. Absolutely, and they, yeah, on that, on that album, and he, he always felt it was just the weakest song, and um but, yeah, it, it, it's a very sad time. And, uh, like, you know, the, the last time I met Christy was they played, do you remember, played the marquee about four years ago? That's right. Yeah. And, um, and Billy McGuinness had texted me. I was on to them, and as he texted me, he said, look, we're staying in the Metropole. We'd see up there. Christy wants to meet up. So I said, but Tracy um, popped in there afterwards and to a big hug and a kiss, and, and Kira was there, and his wife was there, Catherine, all the band. we grateful, great fun. we great catch up, you know. That was about, I think it was about four years ago. Um, and he did, you know, he was through the sickness, but he was good that night. He was great. He had a great gig. He loved, he loved the marquee. He loved the gig of the whole thing. He loved Cork, and he, he loved, loved playing Cork.
1: Cork you he, know? Yeah, I mean that was that wasn't fake. Like he was genuine. You hear know, artists saying, "Oh, I love playing here, and it's my favourite place," and you know, but this was genuine. He really did love Cork.
6: He did. He, he he loved the fun. He loved, uh, he, he, you know, all the early days playing anti-Spains with the golf. to going back to coming down here with Aslan. You know, they've done a regular slot in the Old Oak then sort of every every couple of months, you know. And um, he did love it. And it, it, it's very sad. He's a real, true, genuine legend of Ireland. He was you know he never got the big fame he never you know as we yeah. know he never you know yeah. he never got the international fame but, but you know he known and known and loved in every corner of this country he would be sadly missed you I know tell you certainly what, by himself and so many
1: totally absolutely It'd be some funeral won't it
6: Oh, it would be huge, absolutely. It would be absolutely huge because, as you said, he's a people's person. There's no rubbish about Christie And he, he, loved, he loved to help people as well. You know, an awful lot of people don't realize he does a lot of stuff for charities and just local people he tried to help out, you know. <laughs> he, was, um, he was all that. He was genuine. He was real. And we won't see the likes of him again. That's, uh, very sadly missed. That's and I'm uh, very
1: sad about it, you know. I can imagine you must be. Thanks, Liam, as always. Appreciate it. Thanks. you. Uh, reminiscing and that lovely tribute. Jim, good morning. Good morning, you. He played oh, the clock. Long he long played it. Uh, it's a sad. Way. He played the clock tavern in Yall. Is that is that a big venue?
7: It, it well, it, it it was it was. did You know it was. Din. Um as long as things it's gone. You know what I mean to to the, here, we the, to, to the outside the clock gate. We call it clock gate. To the pub on said the clock there. You know, uh, but tis long since closed down. But to my twas my. my very first time,
1: hearing Christie. And did no, he I have to? Co- I, did he? Did he have to come down and tell you to cop on or something?
7: <laughs> well, he, he did. He
1: he. Had you a few sherbets on board?
7: I had more than a few sherbets. But I was up at the counter, and he was singing away. Now I took no one knows, I never before heard of the man. I never before. I don't even know what they known as Aslan forty years ago. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> But 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 he he was he was singing away and I was up the counter rolling and shouting full up full up of uh, shell butts, and next thing he said I, I held him up behind me and he said sorry folks I must just stop for two seconds and he did and next thing, I said oh Jesus here he comes he was coming up to me and he he put his hand up my shoulder and this is facts now he put his hand up my shoulder and he said this me my friend he said. I love my music, and I love my 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 people to hear my music. He said, and I'll guarantee you, he said, if you listen to it for five minutes, he said, you'll love it too. <laughs> and you know what, Neil? Do you know, honest to God, this is Shores or dear. At the end of the night, at the end of the night, I was sitting down in front of the stage, staring at him because he fascinated me the way his voice, he was, his hair was combed back. That time we 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 had bread cream as you know, you no. Know. And his see, was combed back. Both sides were combed back. He was a very polished man, but his manner really struck me. Like, he could have came up even and blinding. He could have up, given you, you
1: a serious earful. He could was, have had you was, thrown out by a bouncer, like...
7: Sure, I say, I say, a few weeks later, I was thrown out anyway, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but I f- f- from then da- from then on,
1: from then on, I, always I, one.
7: God, was always one, of course. <laughs> but, but, but from from then from on, I listened to Aslan, and you know, uh, he he done it, I I I had him on the late show a few times, and you know, I cried because you could see that he was, he was, he was. He was you know, he was preparing. He was preparing to 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 leave this crazy world, as
1: he called I know, it. I you know, I know. I love but, this story, but, though, Jim. I love that,
7: this story. That's my memory of Christy, and God bless him. And they go to, they to, him. and you know, he's after to leaving American this this country with music. He he will never be forgotten. Never. Well said. He will, he, will, he 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 will walk on forevermore. And I I I I, I, I was. Uh, I was sorry the, the night that, uh, you know, I, I went in there, but he, he, he really got to me, he, he, you know, uh, in, in a beautiful way.
1: Nice one. Well said. Thank you for that, Jim. Um, you know, they played all sorts of venues, the big and the small, including the Clock Tavern in Yall. Una, good morning. Hold on. Yeah, let me get line three. Una, there you are. Morning to you. Thanks for holding. Christy Dignam.
8: Yeah, hi. No, I just um, happened to be in Carmelinas on holidays with my young teenage daughter, going back now 20 years or more and uh, he just was doing a gig there and we heard about it, so I I brought her and it was just such an amazing night it was only a small gig in a small bar but he was on fire you know he was jumping on the tables and he was in the crowd and everything you know and then afterwards when we were leaving and he was just uh, leaving himself I think and uh, we just said hello and Oh, that was just amazing. And she was only young, so she was just gobsmacked. But um, he just started talking to us, you know. We never Uh, expected. About what? He just started saying, oh, it's great to see you here. And it's great to see the young people coming out and, you know, all this kind of thing. And, you know, he was saying, you have a long life ahead of you now. I've I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. And, you know, I'm in NA now and I'm, you know, uh, getting back on the 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 track and all this kind of thing, and you look after yourself now, and you're a young girl with your life ahead of you, don't fall into the pitfalls and that life throws at you, and all that kind of thing, yeah, you know Isn't I that lovely, a little, it, it, little bit of advice scared. to your
1: daughter starting out, yeah
8: Yeah, and I mean, he spent about 20 minutes with us and, you know, it was just it was just natural, it was like you were talking to the next door neighbour or something,
2: you know I know,
1: I know,
8: and I know. <laughs> It's just, you know, I just said to myself afterwards you know you know, true greatness, you know, comes with humility and humbleness. And that was Christy, you know. Yeah,
1: well said. You know? Lovely memory. Yeah, Thank you my for
8: daughter, that. My daughter never forgot his words, you know.
1: Yeah, you were in the right okay. place at the right time. A lovely experience. Thank you for that only. Lisa, good morning. Lark by... Are you on line one, Lisa? Line one? Yeah, there yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. So, Lark by the Lee would have been the 70s. Was it early 80s? Um,
2: 80s, 80s, Neil, because I was working in Queensworth at the time and it was a buddy of mine asked me to go out and he said there's this fantastic band playing there and he mentioned their name and, of course, I didn't know the name. Asla. But when I got out there, Neil, I knew every word to their songs. It's just that I hadn't retained the name of the band But and it sent a love affair. For
1: me and Aslan for the rest of my life. Yeah, um, yeah. A lo- that was a, a kind of a two FM thing that was done way back in the day. It um, was. Like, di- didn't you two play Locked by the League?
2: I think they did, but you know what? The best band in Ireland for me by a mile is Aslan. Not you two, Aslan for me. No, I know. Always I'm just. I'm just. I'm,
1: maybe look. I'm only mentioning it because it went on for a number of years, and Big acts played. Um, but but for That's you, great. it was Aslan. It, it was. The connection they had with the crowd, I suppose. They kind of had people in the palm of their hand.
2: Everything. And he was so normal and no airs and graces. And I, I followed him all over. And even when he split up with Aslan, when he was with Dignam and Goth, I went down to some small place outside Mallow. I think it was Newcastle West. And I followed him there. And then he was a cappella another night. And I followed him. And I I had money in my pocket that they were around and I could go to him, I went. And even the last change was in Scotland and Oliver Plunkett Street, and my niece came with me because she was sick of hearing me play his, his songs all along, and she wanted to go to see what this band was all about, and she became a fan. And um, I remember then we saw Linda Lacy's another night, and he was in for the sound check, and he came down and he had his um, leather pants on, and you know the new romantic white fluffy
1: shirts? <laughs> I remember the new romantics said- anyway, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, he does. Said- Blouse on out, the white kind of frilly blouse and the, the leather gear. And he was tiny, actually. He was going down, you know, the stairs at the other side that was cordoned off. And I said to my God, oh my God, he's tiny. And <laughs> I didn't realize it like, but, you know, I was just mesmerized by him. There was something about no, I never got to touch him or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just felt he mesmerized me for the rest of my life. And you know what? Some of his songs were brilliant, even the ones he recorded with Connor Gop. One Man's Dream and Chasing Shadows and all them. They were all fantastic songs. All right. And so we're, we're losing real talent. So it's a sad you know? day
1: for you today then?
2: I was, oh, was crying yesterday. Yeah. I was crying. Yeah. Actually, and every time I saw that he wasn't well and that you'd hear him gasping for breath there, even rain Tupperty's interview, I came off and I started crying after listening to it. And even my buddy... My buddy is a Christian, <laughs> and she didn't know, him and she only learned about him from me. And I read his books and everything, and I'd be telling her all about him. And she wrote him a letter there recently, and you know, like it's just amazing because even she got to love him through me. You know, talking about him and like his life was sad, and He's a tough but he was life. still. Just
1: a lovely, lovely person. Well said, well said. Thank you for that, Lisa, remembering the early days of Locked by the Lee. Uh, don't forget to mention that the ver- that very, very few bands would be brave enough to do a Pink Floyd cover as those songs are revered. Aslan not only covered Wish You Were Here but made it their own and a huge and loved part of their own set. Uh, that's a text that I got privately from... Uh, the great Mick Mulcahy, thank you for that Mick is a good friend of Christy Dignam and Aslan as well it's very sad uh, Lark by the Lee um, and the various acts there thank you uh, you two did play they made a surprise appearance at the festival it played a nine song set off the back of a truck in August of 1985 um, two dozen fans close to the stage passed out um, it was an amazing gig, apparently. And there were many at Lock by the Lee. I see lots of other, um, uh, gigs coming in here and people announcing. We had a lot of great bands on, on Lee's side, actually, at the time. We had Princess Street. We had, uh, Ian Richards and the Soul Masters. We had Balsonic Sound, Emotional Fish, National Band played as well, and lots more besides. And that's not even to mention the big gigs back in the 70s and 80s down in the likes of, of, uh, Porky and, and places like that. Anyway, tech, and City Hall too, which would have featured uh, a lot of... Yeah, I don't, they don't really do so much in City Hall anymore, but certainly um, Lizzie played there a number of times, uh, Gallagher played there a number of times, Van Morrison played there a number of times, and that's just off the top of my head. Anyway, very sad news with the death of Christy Dignam. Back after the break.
4: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818
1: 104 106 Cork's Red Actually, amazed the amount of texts and memories that people have of uh, Christy Dignam and Aslan on Lee's side, They just keep coming. Aiden, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You uh, used to stay... used to work in Jury's Inn. Is it on the well, key? Well, yeah.
9: The, you would know me. I used to be in a few pubs around Douglas here. I'm from Douglas myself. And, oh, uh, Aiden, how are you, pal? Yeah, I remember you well. Good. I haven't I'm, seen I'm, you in a while. Yes, yes. I'm very good, thanks, Ian. And
1: yourself, all, I'm good. all good. i tell you one thing. You had one seriously good attitude behind the bar. You were really... Well, you were top class.
9: Thanks, thanks for that. And, you know, yeah, my memories go back when I started following when it was Dignam and Goff up in Nancy Spain, and I used to go up there. And then a few years later, obviously when they got back, I was working in Jory's Inn as a night porter. Right. And uh, the lad used to stay in Jory's Inn, and um, you no, know, I used to follow them all around still, and they were just. Ah, they were just nice Don't talk lads
1: You got well, to know them When they come back From a gig I suppose Oh you would You know yourself
9: desk. And, and, and uh, Chris used to be The first back from the gig And they'd come back And we'd you know, have a quick chat Or whatever or he might, Whatever he wanted A sandwich or whatever Kind of thing And then we, When I used to go to the gigs In the different places um, You'd be there And the next minute spotted where they couldn't miss me as you know, I'm a big man, and they bring me up for a chat up today. You know, when they're just after changing, and just they were just genuine lads. But the nice thing that I that they did for myself, and there was a girl, Noreen, working at reception, they put her name on the album to thank us, um, <laughs> to to aid in, in Jory's in that I, I'll always have, you know. And uh, I just think it's very sad. And many a time, like, I would have only quick chats, I, I, I wouldn't class myself as friends with them, but we knew obviously. For years, when they were coming, they were always—they always used to stay there. And um, their manager at the time, going back then, was a, a man called Lor- Ennis, um who was an absolute gent. And if they would sometimes, they get the train early in the morning, and you'd have a quick chat with you know before they go. Before that's, they go, That's
1: me. That's lovely that they would put you know your name on an album just to oh, say thank if you. It's just, you know? it's just
9: something I wanted to, to say, you know, because. Um, they were just I've met a lot of people over the years a lot of a lot of nice people but they were just Christy and Billy Billy would have been my, my you know from spoke to uh, Billy they would be just my favorites, but I yeah. like them all they were yeah. all lovely Like, yeah. but Christy was just um, he was just a gent he, he didn't it, have to be he gave me time he gave us time all the time you know
1: Yeah. doesn't it show as well how hard working they would need to be you know late nights hard gigs touring the country oh. grabbing a sandwich in a hotel lobby you know and getting up yeah. in the morning Morning, doing it all over again the next time. Doing
9: it all over again. It was, you know, it was, it was, it um, But they were just gentlemen, and uh, may he rest in peace. You know, it's. Um, I know there's a lot of people like they'd be saying like Dublin. They were Dublin, whatever, but they loved Cork. They loved coming. You know what they loved and, everywhere. And I this know. Is but the reason why, Cork. with
1: people calling this program this morning and saying such kind, lovely things about them, no wonder they yeah. loved Cork so much.
9: The they were, genuineness they were of Cork
1: people. Yeah.
9: and I had I had a, the 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 pleas of getting when when down in Corriglein they played down in Corrig for us as well one time in Rosie's and just as I said, they were just they were just great lads and um you know, just poor poor Christie as rest in peace, that's all I can say. Well, and thanks very
1: much. Take care of yourself, Aidan. Lovely to catch up with you again. Might see you in Douglas sometime soon, we'll have an old chat. Ella, good morning. Good morning, Neil. It's loads of calls from people. Is it any wonder they were so loved in Cork? Go ahead. Uh-huh.
10: I know. Sure. Christy. Christy was a gent. Absolute gent. I said I was probably uh, close to a stalker at one point. <laughs> the amount of times, so I used to go see them. Um, but since I was 13, I suppose Lark by the Lees, a huge impact on me and uh, was in the States for a while. And I came back 91, 92 and I met them, met Aslan down. They were playing the Clonakilty Music Festival. That's
2: right. And sure we ended yeah. up.
10: Till all hours in the morning with the band in the Imperial Hotel and would have seen them a lot then, you know, kind of in and around the city. And then my cousin Roy organised the Ross Carberry Music Festival and uh, Adlan headlined that and it was just phenomenal. Well, you're familiar with Ross now. The square was just
1: totally. mobbed. Yeah, I can well imagine. Great, and a great location for a gig like that. So Locked by the Lee, Nancy Spaines, The Oak, the Savoy, the Oak, Kinsale, Savoy. Timalee, Ross Carberry. Yeah,
10: On. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yall, we've been to Y'all. Went to the Carrigline Line gig there that that guy was mentioning down in Roses. And sure, they just nailed it every time. They'd have had new fans from every new gig that they did. Unbelievable, uh,
1: unbelievable fan loyalty. Then, totally. Oh,
10: absolutely. I mean, he just had an amazing stage presence. I mean, he just captured an audience like when he was singing. Yeah. Um. It was just magical. Yeah. So it's a huge loss. A huge loss. It's kind of sad
1: though when you hear of the COVID payment from musicians, where they applied three times to get some help during COVID and were refused. Isn't yeah, it a, no, disgrace? a
10: disgrace? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's just a whole different argument. It so is, but God be.
1: Almighty, it must have been hurtful, though.
10: <laughs> oh, um, absolutely. I mean, you know, a band that would have struggled a lot, you know, over the years, but, you know, always came up fighting. And, I mean, they were a hard-working band. hard yeah. I mean, they certainly deserved should have gotten that payment yeah. I mean, they should have so deserved really...
1: the respect that they were entitled to us Absolutely. like others got and they did not three times I know, and I, know. I
10: mean I suppose I'd love to see something now kind of in around the Cork venues um you know, if they would play the made made in Dublin live concert in some of the bars, just as a tribute to Christy, I think it would be a great thing to do.
1: All right, okay. You have happy memories yeah. of many, many great gigs. Well done. Absolutely. Well done.
4: Absolutely. Thanks. Well done.
1: Thanks, Ella. Cheers. Text O eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break.
4: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818-104-106.
1: Red FM. Okay, a lot of other business to do. It's very sad, but the uh, big response this morning, uh, lovely stories. One of our many trips around Ireland to see Christy and the boys, we were staying in a hotel in Waterford. I dropped my wife, Teresa off to check in while I parked the car. As I entered the hotel lobby, I saw Christy with his arms around my wife, Teresa. Turns out a fight had started in the lobby And he walked over, put his arms around my wife And said, how are you me old flower? <laughs> a legend and a gent <laughs> R. A. P. Christie, Ordinary guy, extraordinary talent He fought a brave battle with a touch of class An unsigned texter I've seen Aslan many times The first being at Lark by the Lee in the 80s My husband and I were walking home from an Aslan gig In Oriel House in ballancolleg And we met Christy and Billy in drumsticks getting their chips before the drive back to Dublin. Uh, I think that really sums up the kind of guys they were. Uh, hi Neil, you two, Christa Berg and Rory Gallagher all played lock by the Lee, but none better than Aslan and Christy. He'd stroll on the stage, shoeless. Touch a glass there long as there wasn't any tacks or nails or bits sticking up. Aslan and Christy Dignam connected with everyone. I remember Elroy's, the old oak on a Wednesday night, up close and personal. Christy's aura on stage was second to none, a superstar who reached out to everyone. Another one from the old oak. I worked in the old oak for years doing uh, security. I remember Aslan were playing and Christy wanted to sing on the clock tower. So I had to try and hold him up as he swung around it singing. And a final one for now, RIP Christie, I saw Aslan and Killarney years ago. Please protect us from this crazy world, says Eilish in the County Waterford. Thank you for all of those. Incidentally, there's breaking news this morning that over 9,000 people have been caught by Gardaí so far this year driving without any insurance. Um, that seems to be a big increase on previous years. Now, I wonder if a lot of that is people taking a chance because they literally can't afford to renew their car insurance or is it people who just couldn't be bothered, have the money but couldn't be arsed. But it's a lot, isn't it? 9,000 people caught. Interesting, though, they're saying this morning that only 1,138 people have received penalty points for driving uninsured so far this year. I don't know why there's such a disparity between the amount that have been caught and the amount that actually got penalty points. But don't you think that's a lot? These are just the ones that are caught. So that could be just a drop in the ocean, with regards to the amount of people who potentially are driving around without any insurance on their motor cars and indeed the reasons behind it. I was talking about street cleaners. As for the parts for the streets, cleaning machines for the city you were talking about, it sounds like it's going to take ages for them to be delivered from England. Could someone in city council not just get a van and a driver and shoot across and collect them and be back in a couple of days, or would that be too easy, says Desi. I was talking about the parts that they need for the street cleaning machinery yesterday, and it goes to show the difference between public authority decisions and people in private businesses, because Kevin O'Hurley, who's got many centres on Lisa and is the president of the CBA, said... I'll go over and get them the damn parts and I'll fly them back and I do it all in a day. Um, I was talking about prisoners, um, 25% remission for good behaviour. Simon Harris was suggesting that should be 33% off sentences uh, because the jails are too full. John says, my father used to always say that there should be no council workers. There are plenty of prisoners there to do community work, road surfacing, cutting back trees, hedgerows, cleaning our streets and our public buildings instead of paying out millions to keep them in our luxurious jails. Give them prison uniforms and send them out there, Maybe the shame would deter some of them from reoffending again. Thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 868 I mentioned in the off this morning that Meyer has gone national with regards to people down there, and whether they want a Domino's pizza or not. The story goes that Meyer, many would suggest, has already got way too much takeaway, that they're oversaturated with takeaways in the town, especially pizza, and they want more... Uh, eat in restaurants like sit in restaurants more about this in a few minutes time but yesterday afternoon down to Glenmire when Seamus to ask the good people of Cork whether or not they already have enough takeaways and I'll give you the entire list in a few minutes time have a listen to his report from Glenmire yesterday afternoon
6: can I
11: take your order please
1: I agree
3: have to see with a decision to object as there's one there there's another one over there there's plenty here
7: what would you like to see go in the building
3: I have no ideas, uh, just haven't, I just haven't thought about it, but uh, I do know that there's enough here on it is. visitors. Uh, maybe they put in some place that you're going to have something to eat. Kind uh, of a sit down restaurant. Yeah,
10: exactly. There you go. Always a need for pizza, isn't there? Even though you have Lucianos. We have Luciana's and we also have Apache, don't we? Do we? We do. We? We we do. do. Um, I suppose. I suppose, it's a big population now, so I think there's room for everything, why not? Yeah, I'd be in favour of it. And would you not like to see something else, like a youth drop-in centre or maybe
12: another banking outlet?
10: Oh, I think the banks now, everyone's doing it online, to be honest, aren't they? I think food is the top priority you now for people. People like their comfort food. I do anyway.
5: Yeah, they should have left the bank, I think. <laughs> it would have made more
7: sense. Oh, do, you feel, do you find that you have to travel a lot more to, to get your banking done? Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. Like, where would your nearest bank be now? Be- in Blackburn.
12: Yeah, I'm lucky to, that I happen to walk. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or get
3: the
9: bus. Like it, get the it, bus it's a long, a long way for somebody who, who oh, doesn't have a car
3: like yourself. Yeah. Well, it's a long way for somebody in the 80s, which I am. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh God, I know, we do need another bank. But let's face it, we need a lot of everything. <laughs> They're just narrowing choices with everything. So eventually, you won't be able to decide if you want to have pizza or you want to have fish and chips because they'll only have one choice. They've done that with the banks already. So, so I really think, yeah, we could use enough. We could use Domino's. I don't th- I think competition
13: is good. Um, I would say there's never enough pizza. Never enough pizza. And I think Domino's do gluten-free, don't they? So I would be all for Domino's coming because I know that they don't do gluten-free here.
12: But do you think that too much competition then could put one, one of the other businesses out? I'd
13: say there's all enough. The Clanmire is a massive area. There's enough people. We don't have enough restaurants around here. We don't have enough fast food. We don't have enough sit-down restaurants.
10: So the more, the merrier we get in. We need it. Doesn't Clanmire needs um, a decent restaurant and or a good kind of quality restaurant as opposed to fast food things? because it's very badly served for the size of population here, yeah. Do you think there are too many fast food outlets yeah, around? Yeah, there are really, actually. Too many fast foods and that kind of... Like, Ecos was the, the closest attempt they had to one, and that didn't, that wasn't a success, so... Like, um, apart from that, you've only got the brook or you've got the Vienna Woods. You've got no all the kind of nice place to go for a sit-down meal. There's
9: plenty of and Luciano's, and Patchy Pizza over there now as well. Domino's is just flooding it.
1: But it's hard enough to make a living here. Let the lads make their pizzas. Domino's just... Interestingly, Glanmire has the following takeaways the Dragon Palace Chinese, Chili's Asian Street Food, O'Reilly's Fish and Chips, they're big national award winners for their fish and chips, Coconut's Asian Fusion, Apache Pizza, Papa Bill's Fried Chicken, Denny's Chipper, Luciano's Pizza, Apos Grill, which is a kebab shop. It's got a Subway, they got Soba, the Asian. The street food uh, restaurant takeout so they got quite a lot as it is Um, they're very short on sit down restaurants Um, the irony isn't lost on me that the building that Domino's will probably go into uh, is uh, a former bank and some fell in that report there said that his closest bank now to Glanmire is in Blackpool which is is scandalous but let's take the temperature of Glanmire shall we through Karen Doyle chairperson of the Glanmire Chamber of Commerce and a Glanmire native herself so Karen good morning
14: Hi Neil, how are you doing?
1: What is the temperature down there? Because I believe that there's been an objection to the, ma- to the um, Domino's proposal um, by, yeah, by like locals. Yeah, there's a bit
14: is of confusion. That- yeah, like, well, we're not really sure. Like, there's a bit of confusion in Glanmire, you know, about the whole objection of it. We heard Domino's was going in and then it got shut down very quickly. Like That itself is strange as to how a business like a pizza place could be refused. Like It's not like it's a controversial business. I mean, a lot of people were happy about it because we do have enough fast food places but that was one of the things that i immediately said god how did it get shut down that quickly but you it know, didn't like get concerned. but
1: it but it didn't correct me if i'm wrong now because you you're down there but i believe that yeah. they received planning permission from cork city council um but then yeah. there was objections from a number of locals and people have appealed it to on board planola
14: yeah i don't know if it's an objection from a, a number of locals i think it was one I don't know is it a person or a business as far as I know it was one objection I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but just even that in itself is you know the fact that you know if if, I know there's there's a a lot of pizza places here but like for example I myself I'm a financial advisor in the shopping centre brokers was to open up in the shopping centre and would they be shot down I, I just don't know is it that it's the pizza people in the the shopping centre or someone who has influence that runs a pizza place. I don't know what it is that has has shut it down that quickly, but as I said, a lot of people are happy about it. And it is probably the right decision because we do have a lot of fast food places Yeah, but how can
1: people be happy with it when um, it's not the healthiest diet in the world and it seems as if you have too many already?
14: Yeah, we do have a lot of pizza places um, and, you know, it's... Uh, it would be nice to see something uh, a bit more healthy there and just like we do have a kind of a lack of sit down places even for young people in the area maybe some people are saying dominoes might be a good idea because it might be a a nice outlet for people for young people to go and sit there and have a pizza because there's not any of the pizza places around don't have much seating in them so they kind of end up hanging around outside and that's when the antisocial behavior starts and things like that but I told ourselves as a chamber, you know, we saw that unit come up and, you know, we said, you know, it would be great to see it used as something that might benefit either the community, whether that's the, the young people in the community or the business community or to have as a hub even for ourselves. You know, for to use for meetings or like as a multi-use but, business centre. So why didn't
1: you jump at the opportunity then to do just that rather than dominoes come in and?
14: You well, know, it sold privately very quickly, and we already struggle ourselves to get funding right. and anything since yeah. we joined the since we joined the city council. We have our funding has completely been taken from us. Anything we got beforehand for Christmas lights and other community events and even our awards every year we used to get funding towards that. That's all gone. Were you much happier then under the county
1: council umbrella?
14: We were definitely. We were definitely looked after a lot better. Um, I just think a lot of that has to do as well with the councillors. There's just not enough councillors on the ground in Glanmire.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you came into the city, the council that gave us the robot trees and the (laughs) solar panel bins and can't get any money locally then as a consequence I suppose yeah
14: just you know just the the general running of the chamber we could do a lot more before as a chamber whereas now we're just restricted but um, so when that came up then you know we said yeah it would be a dream to see something like that used for ourselves or you know if the council took it over but I suppose it was snapped up very quickly and that's that's what we're Okay. so where could you sit
1: down and have a damn good meal across the table from someone in Glamour?
14: Yeah, I mean there's there's the barn, there's the brook, there's district eleven, there's coconut. Those are probably the four places where you could go and have a sit down dinner. But
1: would you include the sounds... barn? It's Mayfield, really.
14: Yeah, no, it's it's Glanmire. They, they their address is Glenmire and they're part of Glenmire Chamber and they consider themselves Glenmire.
1: Yeah, but it'd be a right old slug if you walked from Glenmire Village to the barn.
14: Yeah, I know, but yeah, it's it, it's still just up the road and a lot of people we think of it as our local restaurant. It's just at the top of Arnivar and there, so it okay. is something that we think as being a part of Glenmire. The Elm Tree, I mean, it's down the road in Glen Thorn, but, you know, we do think of it as, as being one of but our But if we could look
1: at Glenmire as a nucleus itself, the village area, the greater village area, forgive me if I don't yeah. include the barn and I don't include the Elm Tree, but I would say yes yeah. to the Brook, and I'd say yes to District 11. The castle. Yeah, so, so that, we're
14: lacking. Yeah. yeah, it's not enough for the population in Glenmire. So there's definitely demand for a sit-down restaurant, but straight away people said it should be a sit-down restaurant. But I suppose, you know, a sit-down restaurant that benefits you know, the likes of myself going out to dinner with my husband isn't probably going to take up that kind of unit because it's probably, it was a very expensive unit to take up, first of all, and know, it, it, you know, uh, yeah, it probably suits a yeah. franchise, you know, the cost of it probably suited a franchise more than a small restaurant so it probably wasn't
1: ever going to be that OK yeah, but far for me England to come England. across as if I'm preaching at people I don't wish it to be that way but we do have an obesity problem and we have an obesity problem yeah. amongst children and they're getting younger and they're getting bigger and it's they're putting on bigger. more and more weight and a lot of it has to do with the food that they eat um, that could yeah. be it could be said that many towns cities and villages are plagued by fast food
14: yeah, we are I mean I like pizza as much as the next person there's a time and a place for it but it would be nice to see something more healthy and I think that's just the struggle everywhere healthy restaurants do struggle to be able to afford a unit like that um you know we have subway that's probably considered the most healthiest option or the chopped salads that used to be inside in Super Valley we have so and we have balance actually Balance cafe which is a very healthy option as well over in over in the um over in riverstown we have that, but again it's a small unit but they're probably the only kind of healthy choices we'd say that we have in the area well, so it's definitely I, lacking.
1: Yeah, I suppose this is the commercial world we live in somebody is saying in the mail this morning a local said, uh, I think it's fabulous that building's been empty for years would you prefer nothing to go in there? Um, you know, I know, uh, so say, that's
14: what I'm use saying use it the, or lose it yeah, that's it, you know if it, 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 because of the cost of it it's probably going to end up being some kind of Big, big franchise, anyway, but I suppose you know, Domino's is probably, maybe they're the only ones who can afford to go in there. You know, what else is there somebody else who can afford to pay that amount of money for a restaurant. You know, so maybe we might just have to let Domino's go in there. I don't okay. know. All right, okay. or else hopefully the council might look at taking it over and use maybe there is a health check going on at the moment but the city council are doing a health checking that mire we might see some progress after that.
1: OK, well, we'll for see the what happens needs. at a board plan But it. was very interesting the point yeah. you made that when the city got bigger and many places came under the umbrella of City Council, things changed for the worst for Glenmire.
4: Yeah,
14: yeah, their priorities aren't, aren't really for small communities. As you said, you know, it is all about putting in all, you know, these bikes and things like that. But, you know, the bikes, the bike lanes and things
1: We got a massive big bike lane that people are talking about online at the moment on Merchants Key. It's completely unused. So you've got the bike lane and you've got a bus lane and then you have the lane of traffic, and of course, car, it, you know... That's it, what
14: their priority is. Their priority isn't doing what's right for communities, small communities like Glenmire. We're bursting at the seams down here. And totally bursting, and yeah, with the new housing local. estates. Yeah, my yeah. son
1: recently moved down there and bought a house. It's absolutely teeming down there, yeah. isn't it? It's really it
14: coming is, on. Yeah. All right. yeah.
1: Okay, thanks for taking the call, Karen. Yeah. Appreciate it. Karen it's Doyle, cheers. Yes. Take care, chairperson Bye-bye. of the Glenmire Chamber of Commerce. If you're down there, or if you have thoughts, actually, on... Uh, more and more fast food outlets. Uh, And again, it is all about choice. And I suppose you don't want to be coming across as being a big brother or dictatorial about what people will eat. But don't we talk an awful lot about the changing face of our high streets with regards to what's there and what used to be there. And all too often it is far, far too many uh, fast food outlets. And of course, as part of your diet, that's fine as a treat. But if it becomes your staple uh, then that's a different deal entirely. Talk to Neil Prenderville now.
4: 0818
1: Cork's Red FM. I believe they should not, Neil, be called fast food outlets. They should be called fat food outlets. Um, and other people talking about the fact that the Vienna Woods isn't technically in Glanmire either, nor the barn, nor the elm tree. So keep those comments, Text 0868 104 106. Nice response, actually, to lovely stories regarding what you love about summer. Just chilling in the garden, listening to the birds sing. There's a lovely one here. Um, Might sound strange, but I love the smell of summer rain, says Finn. Apparently that's called petrichor. It's an earthy scent produced when rain falls on dry soil or hot concrete. The smell of summer rain. I love when the kids all look dirty at the end of the day because you know they've been out all day long. And also, of course, the washing being dry in a couple of hours. And one more for now by text to 0868104106. I love everything about summer, but what I really look forward to is the change in people. Suddenly, the minute the sun comes out, everyone seems happier. Strangers suddenly start greeting you with a smile. Not sure if anyone else notices this but I love it. I'm sure people would agree with that. To be quite honest with you, everybody's in better form. And then on council street cleaners, listening to the news about the city council and the machines that are down to mechanical issues, they are leased from a company. shouldn't be up to the shouldn't it be up to the leasing company to repair them? Should that be put to Cork City Council to see why? Um, The lease company doesn't do the repair work. And then one fast one then, regarding the power washing machines, because we have workers out now power washing the streets. They obviously never go near Tobin Street or South Main Street. I get the 214 bus and use these areas every day. The smell of urine is over. So keep those coming, text 0868104106 And on Piper's and Kinsale I was talking to Brendan Piper yesterday on the air And they've written off 2023 But now they're starting a campaign for 2024 It's so sad listening to Brendan I've been there lots of times with my children Why, oh why, are they blocking him? We should all get together and look at the money they would bring into the town. They're fools there for the decision they've made at council level, says Marie. Uh, Neil, the reason is Kinsale is gentrified, full of snobbery and people with notions. And Anthony says, typical of this country, only interested in corporations and the high society brigade who seem to own this country. People like the pipers who have given great times to many people for ninety years are just not wanted nowadays. Keep those texts coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
10: I'm Lano O'Connor. Red FM news is first for local, national, and international news, and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now
4: the Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. Text
1: oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and uh, pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six from. Yesterday, when we were talking about people who come over here from another country who have committed serious crime um, and why there aren't more checks and balances in that regard... And what do you do then when they create, when they commit a very, very serious crime here, like the crime regarding uh, the woman in from Moy that we spoke of yesterday? What should happen? Uh, when I was growing up in the seventies, I was told that if I got a criminal record, I wouldn't be able to go to the USA, Canada or, or Australia. When did that change? Says Pat. That didn't change, actually. But within the European Union, it's an entirely different scenario. When that Moldovan comes out of prison, he should be kicked out uh, on the hate crime bill. Why don't they have a referendum on it? Then the people would show us exactly what we want regarding our borders, says John in Cove. Uh, Why do you say you're bewildered? I have nothing against people coming into the country. This is a texter responding to me, responding to their text coming back again. I have nothing against people coming into the country, but we cannot afford to keep... The amount of people coming here, and to be honest, why are so many coming here only knowing that they can claim? I've been out of work in the past, and the amount of questions and statements I've had to deal with is daunting. Yet if I were a non-national, i could claim everything and get a house. I've no issue with Ukrainians and people who actually work here, but we mean taken advantage of bewildered as you are or not um, Why can't we apply the Australian model of entry here says Mary uh, Well, I might get some more details on that The EU is one place uh, no different to Cork Dublin and Limerick they're part of the one place people can come and go from any place in the EU just like you and I can go from Cork to Dublin it's as simple as that now the texter says they only work for two years they only work for two years and then bleed the welfare system from then on selling alcohol and tobacco to vulnerable people and they play the system. Not 100% sure who you're referring to there. I just have to say that I wholeheartedly agree with nearly everything that your caller yesterday morning, Stephen, said, especially about how the elderly are being treated in this coalition government. It was like listening to a lot of other people raising similar points these days. I feel Stephen's anger and frustration with the way this and previous governments have run and continue to run this country into the ground. All these issues are the result of the way they have governed. The standard of life for workers and pensioners is being hammered, says Mark. Um, And there's lots more. I went to the USA a few years ago. I had to wait almost two weeks to get an ESTA approval. And I was questioned for over five minutes at Shannon Airport, asking everything about my financial information, my employment status, the purpose of my visit, where I was staying. I actually thought I might be turned back, but at least I had a return ticket. Uh, the firefighters Neil should be 100% supported they are a credit to our country and are unappreciated like every other major service in Ireland with regards to the Romanian Moldovan he should just be deported immediately. Not six years jail, just deportation. It's a disgrace that he entered the country in the first place. Something needs to be done regarding criminals entering Ireland. Uh, and another one here, immigration and open borders was one of the very big issues during the Brexit referendum and was the main reason why the UK left the European Union. And a final one for now, I worked for close on 50 years and when we visit West Cork we often stop off in Bandon, Clonakilty, Skib we see young able-bodied guys walking around in groups with shades on i'm not sure if they're on welfare or working but they should not be paid out any benefits with the amount of vacancies within various industries that are available all over ireland um, yeah i know what you're saying um i think what are they, they're saying now that unemployment is as low as it's been in a long 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 time and yet we're still crying out from people to work. Uh, you would think that able bodied people, un- unless, they're <laughs> unless they're on shift work or something, uh, but no able bodied person really should be walking around on long-term dole really when there are jobs available. And I know having said that I'll get people saying and rightly so pick up the phone if you feel that way. Yeah, but have you seen the wages that are being paid these days? Uh, you'd be better off on the dole. Text 0868104106. Uh, can I just take a quick ad break talk to Caroline when I come back.
4: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on
1: 0818 104106, Red FM. And the Christie Dignam text keep on coming, but I'll come back to him in a few minutes' time. Everybody's got a great Christie story, it seems. Anyway, Caroline, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding. Do you, are you on speakerphone, do you mind me asking? Eh? Could you just come off it? It'll be much clearer then. Um, and while you're doing that, uh, are, you, are you actually living in Glanmire, I wonder?
15: Yes, I'm living in Glanmire for the okay. like last 23
1: years. Okay. Yeah. 23 years, 23.
15: 23 years of Ireland, and I'm French myself. So, okay, well, yeah.
1: nice to have you on board. Listen, have you seen a lot of changes in those 23 years? It's got bigger and bigger. Oh, my
15: goodness, yes. When I arrived, Glanmire was just a few estates and a lot of, you know, fields and animals and cows and things like that. Now it's just a population. God, reaching about, I'd say, nine or 10,000 people, nine you know?
14: 10,000.
15: And a uh, state of... State after state, and what I found very sad, to be honest with you, is not really about. It's not a great phone
1: line, not, Caroline. Jumpsuit. I don't know what to do about this. Maybe are you? You're not moving oh. around, are you? No,
15: not at all. No, okay. No,
1: go ahead. No. We'll see if it improves.
15: Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say you know I've never nothing against Dominoes or any of them, but I just wanted to say it's sad that Glanmire doesn't have this lovely ambiance. So you know with you know with different variety of restaurants yeah. and different options and different culture, you know nowadays lovely kind of Chinese or Indian food or you know but eating out is such a lovely dining experience that we don't have really the chance to have in Glanmire. And those takeaway, really as far as I'm concerned. A mother of so it's just kind of eating junk, fast and furious. You
1: know, eating junk, um, you call it.
15: Well, eating kind of, yes, I, I do. Well, if it's about yourself, you know, that's fine. But. If you repeat and repeat again, as we have no chance to sit down into lovely little restaurants and eat different type of food, um, yes, you couldn't base your own, you know, health and food uh, on this type of restaurant, yeah, you know, which yeah. I don't call restaurants, actually. So, you know, and I would love to spend more my money into Glanmire, Mayan. unfortunately, as soon as we want to dine out, which can be kind of cheap, it doesn't have to be spending a lot of money, we have to go to Cork City, which I find is a pity for a lot long- of Area like Landmeyer, where we should all have, you know, creating a lovely ambiance and a sense of community.
1: But you, you know, could go to go go. the brook, um, and the food in the brook is incredible. You could go Absolutely. to the barn, you could rattle down the road to the elm tree, which is just superb.
15: Yes, but all these are kind of, you know, I totally agree with you. And then we have the barn also halfway to Mayfield, which is beautiful. But I'm talking about more little restaurants where you can eat fast and a small amount of food, you know, where you could stop for lunch or you could go at 7 or 8 p.m. In a, you know, you know, easily sitting down. Yeah, but, would they,
1: but would they be supported? I wonder, because it seems as if to me that the, the road journey we're on now is to fast food convenience food, cheaper, takeaway, bring it home and eat it kind of style of eating, you know. It's, it's not anything oh, yeah, that's necessarily just kind of exclusive to Glanmire. Let me, let me just, because I read out the Glanmire list a while ago. Could I just read out the list for Douglas Village, if you don't mind, right? Yeah. And, and this is what's available in Douglas. And when you add it all up, the sum of all the parts makes it very unhealthy options. You have McDonald's, okay. KFC, You have Dino's, KC's, Subway, The Burger Hush, Donatello's, Rooster's Piri Piri, La Calavera Burrito Bar, Haveli Indian, which is a sit-down restaurant, incidentally, Bamboo House Chinese, Ramen Douglas, Domino's Pizza, Oak Fire Pizza, Palmento Pizza, Apache Pizza, Golden Elephant Thai, Marcello's Italian, Foodie and many more, Uh, Foodie and more, which is Asian and burger, And I think we might have even maybe left out some uh, take-out restaurants. I mean, take a look at that list. If you add all of that up, there's a lot of them that are quite unhealthy if they're eaten in, well, in large quantities. absolutely.
15: Quantity. But look, I think I least all over the country, you know. I mean, and I love Ireland, don't get me wrong, and I might live here until I die. My four children are here, and you know. But I just feel when you go on the continent, as soon as you go away from here, you realise and our friends over at the moment, and they will tell you that they're absolutely uh, surprised by the amount of, that we don't sit down, that we eat fast, that we don't share a meal eating here doesn't seem to be a pleasure and a time spent with family and friends it seems to be eaten for eating we're hungry we eat and we move along and we go and i think we are going to pay the price of this um in the generation to come and even my children's generation when it comes to obesity when it comes and don't get me wrong i wouldn't be a sleep woman at all and i love my food but i think we're going to hit something very, very serious when it comes to health. Oh, I think we've hit that. We, we, we've already
1: hit that, and we've hit it with children getting yeah. younger and younger and heavier yeah. and heavier, some so, would say. No, you
15: know, this is absolutely, I mean, and it's, an, it's not only about health, it's also the atmosphere. I mean, Glammire is such a lovely little area well, which is growing bigger and bigger. It would be so lovely to be able to sit down and enjoy food arts yeah. in more, uh, you know, in the wood shopping centre there, if they could create more little restaurants and it doesn't have to be complicated or expensive food. It could be very straightforward. But, you know, I find it's a pity that we have to drive all the way to Cork City um, to have to experience different type of food okay. and healthier food. You know, you know people I are busier
1: think... now than ever before. You talk about wanting people to eat properly and save money and cook yourself at home. People lead very, very busy lives, I suppose. you
15: Yeah, but Niall, I've been listening to this for 23 years. We all working, we all this, we all that. Back home, we all work also, women works, everybody works, but I think it's more a culture thing. And when you come from abroad and you see that, we work in all over the world. We work very hard. We work crazy hours everywhere, you know, women and men, husband and wife, uh, yeah. children and everything. But I think it's all a, a culture thing which should change to bring a lovely atmosphere. In the last 23 years, the few table and chair who have came along to Glanmire into a little coffee shop or Restaurant are absolutely outstanding and it changed totally the atmosphere, the area. You bump into people, you chat, you you know this takeaway business, you just go in and out and don't get me wrong, I do it very rarely but I do it, you just order, you just go in and out, hello, goodbye, thank you and there is no sense of anything there, you know and I think it will be lovely that that you feel that you can go in your own back home kitchen filling into a little restaurant and Instead, just take away, as I call it, in and out, fast and furious, you know? I think it's a shame. Okay,
1: thank you for that. that. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it, Caroline. Thank you. Not at all. Thank you so much. I bet if I did the same for Balancholic, we'd see something similar, or any other suburb in Cork, the huge amount of fast food options, and all too often, unfortunately, not all of them. The healthiest if they're a big part of your diet. Interesting, I mean, I'll come back to that so do text 0868104106 I mentioned a stat there of 9,000 people already being caught by Gardaí for driving with no insurance this year uh, and uh, wondering why there was such a disparity with the amount of people who actually got penalty points. 1,138 got penalty points even though 9,000 people were caught. Uh, Richie says the discrepancy you noted between the high number of drivers caught without insurance and the relatively no num- low number of penalty points Issue issued is actually explainable. Um, could it possibly be the large proportion of those caught without insurance hadn't Irish driving licences? Says Richie. I I do not know. I do not know. Um, but I do know that Conor Pope recently wrote in the Irish Times that it's estimated that there's two hundred thousand people driving without insurance in Ireland, making it one of the most commonly committed crimes. In the state, it could be upwards of two hundred thousand, and he says that the real number is likely to be even worse um, because uh, you know more and more people are being caught with regards to trying to juggle bills and wonder which one should be paid and which one you should. Take a chance on, so it could be as high as two hundred thousand. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six on that one, um, and it's it's amazing because the the lovely texts for Christy Dignam keep coming in, um, and I actually received a lovely one there which came into me directly just a, a few minutes ago. Uh, I think this is a funny one. My sister got tickets to see Aslan for her birthday, but got sick, so I went in her place. Christy Dignam got a towel on stage, wiped his sweat away, and threw it into the crowd. And I caught it. (laughs) So when I got home, I wrapped it up and gave it to her as a present. When she opened it up, she was confused. So I explained what it was, and she just dropped it and went, (laughs) The Neil Brinderville Show
4: on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106.
1: More on more on Christy Dignam. Um Aslan were denied three times by our braid politicians. This is the COVID payouts. Uh, three times they applied. Yet Mihal Martin gave half a million to the New York GAA. Uh, with were there all sorts of round table talks? Um, with others before this taxpayer's money was handed over to the GAA, says Mike in Mallow. And Connie says, from Mill Street, Christy had two autobiographies. The second one was a toned-down version, but if you want the real story, read the first one. It's brilliant. Aslam played in the Wallace Arms Hotel in Mill Street once too. My hometown, a great loss. Isn't it amazing the amount of gigs that they played all over, not just the country, but all over Cork in all sorts of uh, communities down through the years a hard, hard working band I just wanted to comment on the Do- Domino's Glenmire situation it's definitely a class divide issue you don't see nice restaurants on the north side full stop it's just not a thing well if, you, if you're including uh, as far east as, as Glenmire, you're saying mind you I've given you a list already of the takeout restaurants say for instance and various offerings of food in Douglas and one would say none too healthy when you add them all up and cume them all up mind you took a look at Balancholic. Uh, Kevin tells me there's over 20 takeaways in Balancholic and they include Chick King, Wah Yin, which clearly would be a Chinese, Lennox's, Kinkai Asian Street Food, Dino's, MYXTIQ, which is Asian, Asia Gourmet, the The Fry, which could well be maybe a chipper, Four Star Pizza, Drumsticks, the Great Wall Chinese, the Dinky Deli Takeaway Chipper, Coriander Nepalese and Indian, Heaven Pizza and Grill, the Tong Sing, Canuck Thai, Sliced, which is another pizza shop, uh, Subway, Baco Italian and McDonald's. So that's 20 in total. And again, we could have lost some. Um, So if you look at that then, and here here I am again, worried that I might be sounding preachy. We have a serious problem with obesity in this country. And I was reading online this morning that uh, just 4 in 10 people in Ireland have a normal weight now. 6 out of 10 are overweight and 23% of people are obese. And, you know, we're getting younger and younger with regards to our obesity problems. The Irish Times were saying recently that Ireland ranks ninth in Europe for obesity in adults. And the World Health Organization says that Ireland has reached epidemic proportions when it comes to weight gain, being overweight and obese. And all of it, of course, because of lifestyle, the food that we eat. But yet our towns and our villages are saturated with fast food takeaway Uh, let me stay with this your thoughts are welcome text 0868104106 Hugh German runs T&H Catering Uh, has some interesting points to make Hugh good morning good morning Neil firstly what do you think of that we had a look at Ballancolic we've had a look at Douglas and originally look at Glenmire with regards to what's available it's convenient it's tasty and it's nice as a treat but all too often people um eat too much takeout
12: well, you just put, uh, put your finger on it there. It should be considered a treat. Um, we, we have a major issue with um, not only obesity, but a huge problem with food poverty, not only in Cork, but in this country. And it's uh, places like Penny Dinners and Feed Cork are feeding these people. They don't have any money. And a lot of them don't have the um, the knowledge of what they should be eating, etc. Um, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, you know the, the great word these days is nutrition and everybody's talking about nutrition there's nutrition in almost every bit of food you eat to be honest with you mm.
8: it's a case
12: of not eating too much of anything fast food um, fast food by nature is quickly made it's cheaply made and quite frankly there's too much salt too much fat do you actually do you actually
1: think it. that fast food is cheap because I don't well, I don't. Uh, well,
12: uh, people tend to think it. I think they they believe it is certain. Certain of the sort of the McDonald's and places like that will sell you a burger for a quid every now and again. Yeah,
1: but let's let's say you don't get that, mm. and you get a quarter pounder with cheese meal, which might have a large fries and it might have uh, maybe milk or fanta or something. That's a tenner yeah. all day long. Exactly. You're hungry. Um, for, you're hungry half an hour after
12: it. Uh, you are. <laughs> well, that's what they say about Chinese, anyway, isn't it? But see, um, see, the, I mean, the no. thing is, Neil, that that people can can pick up reasonably good food. I mean, you can pick up a, a tray of mince for yourself for um, about three or four quid, right? Um, you can turn that into a sauce that can be turned into four or five different tastes. You know, make a bolognese sauce. This is just an example. Make a bolognese sauce. You can um, make, make enough of it so that you can uh, turn it into what's left over into a lasagna. Um, pop, pop some um, smoked paprika into it and give it a smoky taste. <laughs> You can do all these things. You can cook in bulk very cheaply, spread it out over a couple of days. Um, Fresh veg, you know, I'm always um, exposing um, Irish veg, but it's very hard to get Irish anything at the moment for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah. So everything's been brought in from abroad. Food prices are shooting up, as we know, and we've been warned that they're going to carry on. So we've got to be very careful. So when you're out shopping... Make um, What we suggest to people is that they look forward a week. They sit down uh, with the kids, the husband, the wife, whoever, and put all your favourite meals onto a piece of paper. You'll be shocked at what you'll come up with, the amount. Then what you do is you choose seven of those for the week and say, right, our main meal this Monday is going to be X, Tuesday, so on and so forth. You then look at the quantities of uh, ingredients you're going to need for those meals. Then you go out and say, say you only need four carrots for the week. Then only buy four carrots. Don't mm. buy a kilo bag. You're, you're overpaying. You're spending money you don't need. To and there's a stuff. risk that
1: ultimately they are thrown out, is it?
12: Exactly. Food waste, um, nationally and internationally, but certainly nationally, is over 30%. Now, that's not only domestic, that's sort of from commercial, it's from supermarkets, et cetera, you know. Um, so, total food waste. It's about 30%. That's horrendous. Um, You know, that's money. Waste
1: is money. We're talking about, we're talking about Glanmire this morning because there's um, uh, an appeal gone into Domino's opening um, where there are already many already existing pizza takeaways. Um, Yeah. And that's why we were talking about the amount of takeaways that are available in various Cork um, satellite villages but we have the highest, the second highest rate of obesity in the European Union. We have a country where 61% of males are overweight and 49% of females are overweight. That figure keeps going upwards, right? I don't have a stat for children, but I'd say that's even quite alarming. Uh, you yes. just have to walk around and see the weight of many children now, unfortunately. Why? Why is it that way? And why are more people not doing what you're suggesting? Is it that they're time poor? Uh, is it that they couldn't be bothered, or is it they don't know how to cook?
12: It's a lack of education. Neil, at at, at the, the earliest stages, um, one of the major problems or uh, issues in recent times has been students. Uh, whatever about being able to afford accommodation, students going to penny dinners and places like that um, because they can't cook. They leave home. The, the mother's done all the cooking at home, and and um, they leave home. They don't know how to cook. So what do they do? They can fry. So they'll fry sausages and rashers and eggs and what have
1: you, or they'll do takeaways. None of these. T- I'm. Are they tapping penny something. dinners when they really shouldn't be going there?
12: Well, they they have to. In fairness, I mean. But to me, it's a lack of education. They're not getting educated at school. They're not getting educated at home. Now,
1: the schools are probably... pretty awful society for a younger generation. Can't learn to cook, and they go to a charity to feed them. Good God, man. I give uh, up.
12: Well, it, ha- it has happened, and I, I, I'd imagine it's probably still happening because of the housing problem, and you know, and um, people just not having the, the spare money in Well, that's entirely
1: different. Food. That's why the charity is there, to be, help people who are poor.
12: This was before that, though. Um, and pre, pre-COVID I, I, I spoke to the president of one of the students' unions or two of them actually in Cork and um, he, extremely pleasant man, very helpful at the time this as I say is a good few years ago now he said the problem we have here is that an awful lot of students don't know how to cook they're getting ill and a lot of them don't uh, can't afford it and they're going to welfare, the welfare office in the um, university and that's who I should be talking to but um, because what we want to do is educate them at, at, at that stage. Even even at college, um, you know, we, we can nip in, we can educate them on the basics. How, how, how to buy, how to buy cleverly, how to plan. It's all about planning ahead. And it's mm-hmm. all about looking at the, the, as I say, the quantity of ingredients you're going to need to fulfill that plan. Yeah. And don't go over and above. Yeah. And you'll be shocked. At the end of the day, you plan for seven meals. You'll end up probably at the end of the week with nine.
1: There's yeah, 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 yeah. But you, you, you were saying that a lot of people are just that you deal with just have just been living on fast food. Um, like, incidentally, oh, yeah. what you what you do is you teach people how to cook. Is it?
12: Well, well, how to plan. How to if they can cook, we help them how to cook. Um, you know, some people can't turn on the oven. Mind you, I'm not terribly oven orientated myself with these modern things, <laughs> but they can't even turn on the oven. I, I know of, of, of a case where. They received food from a food bank. Um there were frozen meatballs. they were raw, and they tried to when they defrosted, tried to eat them um directly without cooking them. They didn't know what to do with them. So H- hang on a second. H- how old was that individual? I, I, I won't say but they were they weren't children but it's it's just I, um, but we're, I, like,
1: we're not paying attention at home when they were growing up and watching people cooking their dinners for them as children.
12: Not only that, but um, I, I've spoken to a lot of, of um, school kids who um, would be in schools that have domestic science. And I've asked them, do they enjoy it? And they say, no, it's boring. It's all science. The practical side of it seems to have gone to a certain extent. Now, I don't know for sure that they... I'm sure they do certain amount of practice, uh, sorry, practical cooking. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's a subject that after transition year, it's a choice subject. And nobody chooses to take it. Okay. And this is another reason why there's so few chest... You know, you you, you can go on and on right across the board. And Why aren't there any people in catering do you, anymore? Do
1: you think that you know? maybe fast food is actually addictive? That you become addicted to it and just get in onto this treadmill that you just can't get off?
12: Maybe it's a habit rather than addictive. An addictive habit? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't be for me. I just don't like fast food anyway, fortunately. But... Um, I, you know, I'd still have the odd burger every now and again. Mm. I'd still have a slice of pizza, but it's as a treat rather than as my main meal, mm, you know? Mm, mm, um, okay. you know it, it's, uh, to me, um, it all starts with education. It all starts either at home or at school. And if, if um, uh, you know, as you're saying, there's a lot of obesity amongst our young. If you walk down the street any day, Neil, and you see a bunch of, of, of young kids, say in their early teens, half of them will have their jaws moving. They'll be eating something
1: yeah I mean I'm not, e- I'm not even including say for instance the food counters in petrol stations and things like that where you're getting the are they are shops that do yeah. breakfast rolls or you know other food like that you know I mean
12: uh, be- food, uh, the, the, the culture now is um, a food of convenience. Um, and I mean it's much easier to walk into the petrol station at lunch and get a, a, a hot roll chicken roll or something like that yeah, yeah. rather than it is to sort of in the morning before you go to school or before you go to college whatever we, we suggest if you're going to have a sandwich or a roll or something like that bring it to school make it up at five minutes before you're going to eat it it'll be beautifully fresh you don't have to put it all together um, at home in the morning yeah you well know, the option a, the
1: option there in the, in say the in the petrol station or the deli in there would be a hot chicken roll or a box of uh of spicy wedges, wedges and things like that, like
12: that
1: yeah, isn't
12: it? Yeah. 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 yeah no, it's. Okay. Um, I, as I so, say, teach I, your children I,
1: to cook while, while they're young. That would be a good start, wouldn't
12: it? It has to happen. And and hopefully, my, my, my uh, partner in crime and myself, um, either before the end of the year or into the new year, will be managing to get into a, a system where we can go and help uh, teach them at that sort of age. Okay. Transit year would be ideal um, okay. for anybody to be taught because they have the time. Um, and also, they're at an age where they'll soak it up um, if it's made fun for them. I, I, the, the boring aspects, um, they just go to sleep and, and switch off. But if they can get involved and be shown how to and learn how to physically um, cook, then you've only got two years before they leave school and go to college or go, go to work or whatever. And many of these people will be moving away from home. And they, they won't be able to um, nip home for their by tweet in the evening, mm. et cetera. Okay. And okay. so education, Neil, I honestly at, at an earlier stage is to me essential. Plus, um, you know, the catering industry is complaining like mad they can't get people into it. Well, there's nobody actually going into learning catering, very few. Um, because they get the grow for it at school. I, I remember my sister-in-law was telling me she used to come home. Um, from school and this is quite a lot of years ago admittedly but she'd come home with pies and tarts and bread and everything they'd make it all in, 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 in domestic science and um, bring it home with them they feed the family <clears> um,
1: we'd love that was to the, the when you look back school. at that that was quite sexist though wasn't it? Because uh, because I, I, cause I, I recall that, that also I, I did I did <laughs> intercertain Ashton and uh, there was a very big home economics class there primarily girls in it they'd be going around yeah. with boxes of queen cakes and all sorts of quiche and beautiful things like that um, exactly I, I'm not saying that that was a bad idea but uh, that's is that gone now well, I think
12: so um, I mean you look at the catering industry how many um, what percentage of chefs are men what percentage are women. Which is the higher percentage? All men, okay. by far. Okay, sixty seventy percent are are men. It's unfortunate because um, there's some extraordinarily skilled people in it. But they all learned at an early age, nearly. They didn't kick off after they left school. Well, I wonder, have you any opinion
1: or do people have opinions on the calories within fast food, though? Because um, I know we probably have a lot of calorie labelling on food, but I'm not so sure about fast food outlets, you know, calorie counting fish and chips or a pizza or uh, a Big Mac burger or a King Dino, you know what I mean? Um, yep. one might see that as a treat but it actually could be well over half your calorific intake for a day
12: probably would be um, I mean uh, it, it's not a difficult thing to research um, Google it and I, uh, you know it'll tell you basically that um, a, a cheeseburger and Big Macs or whatever is going to be five or 600 calories and I mean um, they say that ladies should have no more than 1800 and men should have no more than 2200 yeah, but calories but if
1: a young teenager has that as a snack, and then goes home to eat a lot more food. There's only con- one consequence of that, and that's Absolutely weight gain. Successful. Yeah, okay. Uh, right.
12: well, there's two consequences actually, Neil. Weight gain is one, but also um, with with um, uh, uh, children who haven't reached adulthood physically, the um, the organs, the liver, the kidneys, and what have you, are taking a big battering at an early stage, and the heart is also, and fat will develop around the organs. Um, that kind of fat will develop around the organs if they don't exercise properly. And an awful lot of kids aren't taking up sports yeah. and, and
1: stuff these it's days. It's a bit of a perfect and so storm. And it okay. has
12: a medical effect as well.
1: Okay, all right. Thanks, you, you. Know? Appreciate you taking the call. Do stay in touch, Hugh German from T&H Catering. I see this morning um, fast food meals could have be, be calorie capped by the British government, uh, where it would actually be a calorie restriction on the amount um, of calories that a fast food outlet could put into uh, a meal. They give an example of a Big Mac and fries. The classic fast food meal clocks in at 845 calories uh, and that would be deemed to be exceeding this new calorie cap that would be allowed on, say... Uh, a burger and chips, so a Big Mac and fries, 845 calories.
4: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086
1: Red FM more texts and emails in a couple of minutes time but bear in mind we're also giving away some more family summer family passes to give away to some fantastic uh, wonderful places that you can travel with the family across the summer. Today we're featuring the UCC campus tours uh, headed up by the visitor centre in UCC. It's for all the family and there's loads of hidden gems in the Cork City campus that is UCC including the beekeeping and the Crawford Observatory and the All of Maxima Kids adore that because it's got a lot of similarities to a certain wizard school that we know of uh, from the movies but it's a beautiful trip and we have family passes to give away just before quitting time for UCC campus tours, I'll open the phone lines for that but Laura's been holding way too long, Laura good morning
11: Hi Neil, how are you? I
1: hope I I haven't been keeping you waiting as long as the NCT is keeping you waiting but um, it (laughs) it doesn't come as a surprise did you look for a booking was it?
11: Um yeah by pat look I actually got one earlier t- uh, today. Um But originally
1: your NCT's up on the 22nd and you went uh, you were getting yeah. January was it? Yeah,
11: the 24th of January was coming up for both Little Island and Blarney.
1: Yeah, like like 6 months. I've heard of that and longer. Um uh mm-hmm. and also you you run the risk then of being even if you have booked to date of being prosecuted by the guards, you're aware of that?
11: Yeah, so when I actually went online first and put in the carriage, as you do, and it was showing up January. Now, I know that, I know there's a big backlog, I'm not the only one in the country, and um, I rang the number, I rang the booking number, the NCT number, and spoke with an agent. Now, he was very blunt with me. He said to me um, that he could put me on a priority list that's uh, 26 days, um, and if I go over it, if I am not called, if I go over the 22nd of June, which my NCT is up, that I will be breaking the law. And um, I was like, like, what? Will, what do I do? And he was like, basically, you can't drive your car. And I was like, but I need my car to commute. And um,
1: that's he, no advice that's been given. That usedn't be given before. Yeah.
11: Yeah. So he said, um, "Look, I'm, that's our advice that we're telling um, the customers." And he said, "Look, if you do get caught by the guardie, you can get three points, depending on the guard you get, or you can get your car seized."
1: Even if you had documentation printed off saying that you're on a wait list.
11: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. Uh, the only the only thing that I got that day from um, the agent I spoke to on the phone was a text message, not even an email, just a text message to the phone that uh, it, I was on a priority list. And so then like, I was like, oh, my God, If like, what will if I do get the three points, if the car gets these, if it does go past the 22nd of June? So then I kind of started panicking. And I kept going on and kept going on. And it was driving me now around the bend, Neil.
1: Do you mind me asking if, if your NCT, I'm just curious, if your NCT was up on the 22nd of June, right, which is yeah, uh, yeah. just over a week away, when did you yeah. apply for the NCT? Uh, I, I,
11: I, apply, I, I got a date today.
1: No, but when did you actually, you know, like... Oh, you,
11: when when did I start looking? Yeah. Um. It was, I. Uh, I think I have it here. It was the 7th of June. The 7th of June, I rang him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of very, yeah. I'm just saying it's very late in the day knowing what's going on, you know. A lot of people are checking way in advance knowing that there's going to be a oh, lengthy delay. You left it quite tight yeah. is all I'm saying, that's all.
11: Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. I Yeah, and um, then he, he told me about the priority list. So I left that go on. And this week, it was actually yesterday, I spoke to a girl I rang again. And in the meantime, I've been back and forth checking the dates to see was there cancellations or anything coming up. Nothing. And um, then I spoke to a girl yesterday evening and she said to me, the best time to phone is 8am or 7pm in the afternoon. Why? Because there's, there's cancellations.
1: You update Please. the list then, is it 8 in the morning?
11: Yes, yes. Yeah, and for the website, now, this morning, I went online at half seven, and there was Blarney for the 16th of June at half 12. So I was like, yes, got it. And I have putting through all the card details and um, proceed, proceed to payment. And then someone was ahead of me. Obviously, the date was gone.
1: Oh, uh, no.
11: Yeah. So then I tried again, or um, <laughs> Earlier, to, or, I tried again. Not shortly after that, about forty minutes after that, I said, "Like, look, I'll try again." Went on, and here was Blarney again for the 16th of June, and it was 10 past seven in the afternoon. Yeah. And again, put all in my details, the car details, and I eventually got it.
1: All right, lucky second time. Would you, if that hadn't yeah. happened, and I'm curious, are there many people who have stopped driving? Would you have stopped driving?
11: No. I couldn't. I wouldn't. I. I couldn't. I have a two-year-old, and I. I need my car to commute.
1: Yeah, there are. I don't have the exact stat, but it's well over a hundred thousand people who are waiting NCTs. It's like insane, you know.
11: Oh yeah, like I know I'm not the
1: only
11: one. Yeah, and I, I'm sure if you get other people on the phone, that well, I think it's, it's good to, to talk
1: to you because you're saying lists are updated at specific times, including yeah. eight, 8 a.m. in the morning. you other
11: people out there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah,
1: here's hoping it passes. Now is it in good shape?
11: It is. It's in good shape. It's a a fourth focus. <laughs> Hopefully it'll pass, did or else I'll have to go back on and look for another day.
1: Did you have it checked, pre-checked?
11: I had I had full service.
1: Um, about four weeks ago. All right. Okay. So, yeah, fingers yeah, crossed.
11: We'll sh- sh- fingers crossed.
1: Come back to me. <laughs> let me know if it passes. I'm sure it will. Good luck with it. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, uh, Thanks for, very much. Thanks Ian. for the thanks tip. They update in the morning. 8 a.m. is a good time to uh, check in to see if there are availability. Meanwhile, Liang. good morning.
0: Hi. Good
1: morning. Hi. Talking a lot about fast food out- outlets in local communities, in towns and villages. Certainly, we mentioned Douglas, Glanmire, and gave the list as well from Balakolic. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I actually work in Douglas myself, and, and now to be fair, I would, i be, I would be a meal prep person, but you'd be a what? Like even when if I, like I, prep, I, I would meal prep. Yeah, like I, I, I understand that you know it is, it is time consuming, and granted, I don't have kids myself, but you know, I work, I study, I do a course, I go to the gym, I, I sit down on a Sunday and I'm like, okay, what am I going to eat for the week? And I try to get as much prep as I can done.
1: Yeah, because you know, that's because you're a one man band. You see, you only have to look after yourself. I,
0: yeah, but I mean, you can cook in bulk, you know.
1: What would that be like? Yeah, enough bolognese to feed you for the week.
0: Uh, I we mean, no, I'm I'm more of a, a chicken person. But I mean, even even if I was to eat out, though, I mean, you know, there's there's nowhere like I can't find anywhere really healthy just to grab something on my lunch.
1: Okay. Okay. Where, where In Douglas is there in general? Naturally nourished. It general? Is it naturally like nourished the on, on the keys there in this was it passing there recently, just down around uh, Penrose wharf? Penrose Key?
0: Penrose Key wouldn't. I don't go
1: down that area. Okay, but, uh, so uh, so you're unlucky that you're not near enough to there because that would be incredibly nutritious and healthy food, for instance.
0: Yeah, and also the price of healthy food.
1: The price of it.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, even to buy in a in a grocery store is, you know, is, I find very expensive. But like as someone was saying there in the radio where to go, like I don't, we're not really aware as well of. Or I think it was yourself actually that said a, the calorie intake that we're taking in, and then, you know, Grant, I think the the energy expenditure should be up as well. You know, if we're going to be consuming that many calories, at least maybe get more active.
1: One of the problems with children of course is they're not as active as they should be and they're taking in way too many calories with junk food.
0: Exactly. I mean if you know at least if you know even just with steps, you know, just extra steps as opposed to you know driving. Now again if it's out of your out of your hands that you have to drive then fair enough but you know it's I just think generally like there's with, with food and meals as well, I think there should be a more awareness around what we're eating because we can eat, uh, like we're, we're eating too much. People are eating to the, to the stage where they're full and that's not the right way to eat. You're, you know, you eat till you're about 70% full and you don't let yourself get too hungry. So that way you're not going to end up... Ah, to but how possible
1: this. is that like to finish eating before you're full? I mean, you like, I don't think I could do that. I, I eat until I don't want to eat any more.
0: I know, but I mean, I suppose it's just... It's hard a hard You know, in, in terms of that we don't overeat, that we don't, that we're not gaining, you know, that we don't become overweight.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think portion sizes have got bigger, haven't they?
0: Yeah, way too big.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so batch cooking is one way to go. But wait, when you say you find that there are far too many fast food options, you f- struggle to find healthy places yeah, to Yeah, I mean,
0: out. you send yourself there at banning College. You, oh, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, you go to you know abundance of them. Um and I just it's not I suppose just the promotion of them and everything, you know, you never you never really see anyone promoting healthy food.
1: Um it's 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 a worry, really, when you look at the likes of say Bell and colleague with twenty plus fast food joints in general now some are less healthy than others, but um you know you gotta wonder where are the sit down restaurants gone like maybe they're the ones that can't survive because the overheads are so much higher it's a, it's cheap it's cheaper not to have tables and chairs. It's cheaper to have a counter, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah, especially, like, even when I said in my text, like, you know, if you're going to be snacking, you know, just, again, there's healthier options. Okay, know, let,
1: me, let me get one fast call in, if you don't mind. I just want to have a quick chat with Fiona, because I'm going to be out of time. But thank you, Leanne, appreciate it. Le- uh, Fiona, good morning.
13: Hi, Neil, how are you? And
1: back, in, back into school, right, teaching it in school. Is that something that they're doing in uh, Wales called Peg Sayers? I, do you know, it's
13: just, I suppose, educating the kids on the healthy foods that are out there that the choices they, they actually can have that are so simple to do at home, you know, like we're doing, um, we, we have four stations tomorrow, so we have a dip station, there's salsa at that, we can't have one, that's because they're not allergies. We have a smoothie table, we have a blindfold sta- station where they'll test different foods and tell us what they are, basically.
1: Do kids know we- the difference of different vegetables that they're eating, I wonder? Names and tastes?
13: Um, they would, to be fair, because food dudes kind of work with the school as well. And they do a lot. Um,
1: would teenagers know what to do with vegetables if they were to cook them, though? Uh,
13: probably not. Probably not, to be honest, you know.
1: Weird, could, isn't they, it?
13: educate them in the school. It is, it is, it is. Mine, like, you used to teach your own kids to do it. And I think if, like, parents are working all day, it's very hard nowadays, Neil. And that's why they all take the option for the, the fast food, you know.
1: Ah, listen, uh, let us not be anybody's judge and jury as to why. All we know is the consequences of what's happening with regards to Correct. people's fitness and health. So tomorrow is a healthy eating day at the secondary yes. school. Is it secondary or primary? No, primary school. Primary, you so get them, pass get, get you them even younger. Yeah, I'd pass, I'd pass on the carrot batons, though.
13: I make a lovely salsa.
1: All right. Well I'll dip him in the salsa then. All right, Fiona, good luck tomorrow. Lines will stay open. You can text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 for all business, including our family passes now that we're going to give away for UCC Campus Tours, the visitor centre in UCC. You'll have a wonderful day or an afternoon and the kids will really enjoy it on the campus. you can try the honey that's produced on campus. They've got their own bees and beekeeper and all sorts of things like that. It's a great visit. You can book directly at ucc.ie. You can also email the visitor centre at ucc.ie. And we have four family passes to give away right now. So pick up the phone on that 818 104, 106. And throughout the summer, we have passes to give away for, I don't know, I'm going to say like 30, maybe 40 different wonderful tourist attractions right across our beautiful county. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For
0: more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.